With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amalu, the writer director of The Asian. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer director of the film Hallball Suites. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, everybody. This is Mo Ali, the director of Montana. Hey, guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. The From Page to Screen movie cast. Michelle usually gets up about 5.15, 5.30 to go to work. And Ouch. so um, I laid in bed until I guess it was about maybe 6.15. And then by 6.30, I was like, you know what? I'm not going back to sleep. I'm starting to get hungry. That whole wake-up process. So I went ahead and got up and uh, – I'm doing a logo for my cousin who's out in Beverly Hills. And so she had sent me like a list of revisions to do. Like she usually, if I do logo work, I do a cluster. There's like five on a page and then someone can say, Hey, I like the way you boxed it in here. I like these colors. I like this and that, this and that. And then I do a composite and then we go from there. So anyway, so I actually have, I didn't just get up and have breakfast. I've actually worked this morning. So Man, right. Well, I've been up since six o'clock as well, so I've been up about well, just over six hours now, yeah. and I've done some more editing on my Comic Con documentary. I'm at the point now though where the the work print is getting that long. It's like, oh god, it's going to take so long to render if I just make a few changes. <laughs> right. So it's uh, it's fun. At least I'm now into the San Diego stuff, which right. is good. So I'm enjoying watching some of that again. It doesn't give the same feeling as actually being there though, which is kind of you know, I think everybody knows that, but it's like, well, it kind of felt different when I was there as to, as opposed to watching it on TV. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe next time you'll actually have 3D gear, and then <laughs> someone can have the virtual experience, maybe, right? Maybe next time <laughs> yeah. it'll be me just not, you know, me just walking around with a handheld camera, <laughs> trying right. not to uh, get crushed or have the viewfinder right. knocked off by somebody's backpack. <laughs> you just need the uh, Hulkbuster armor as your outfit for Comic-Con. That keeps everybody at a distance. That and then you work. can have all sorts of cameras instead of like you know, your laser targeting system and cannons. It's just cameras, man. Or just don't shower for a week. <laughs> Mind you, then I'll be like a lot of other people there as well. So, Dude, you know, there's a lot of wor- a world of Warcraft people out there that are just like, yeah, you haven't bathed in a week. You smell pretty good, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If your shoes don't walk themselves, then you're okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so where to start? Uh, I saw John Carpenter last week. I was in the same room as John Carpenter. That was that very, was, very surreal. I enjoyed your uh, Instagram pictures. That was cool, they man. They were cool because it was they were taken from my little Samsung S3 phone, so it's hardly a proper camera. But I always like to try and take a souvenir shot, and I thought, oh, I'm going to give it a go. And we managed right. to get right to the front row. It was a full standing gig, so we got right to the front, and we were leaning oh, on the railing. Nice. But right. the problem is, if you're right at the front or if you're anywhere, you can't move. 
So right. you'll notice all the shots are from the same angle. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> that one bit. But I was quite impressed with them. I, I ran them through Adobe Lightroom afterwards and changed the exposure and made them all black and white and funky and stuff. But I was quite <laughs> impressed considering it wasn't a proper camera I had. Uh, so I tweeted those out, and then I got a thank you tweet on the Sunday from John Carpenter's wife, Sandy King. Oh, Carpenter. really? She went, thank you for the beautiful photos. I'm like, well, if that's not a seal of approval, then, <laughs> then it's fine. <laughs> they were um, selling memorabilia at the concert as well. Not so much memorabilia, but signed things, which was amazing. They had little T-shirts right. and stuff like that. So Bob Annette and I were wandering to the front of the crowd, and they had... Uh, a limited run of 500 posters. And I'm like, ooh, that's about 40, 40 quid, so probably about $60. And I'm like, that's quite nice. Hand signed by John Carpenter. But I thought, no, in my lot, there'll be prints and there'll just right. be like copies of them. So I asked the person next to me, I said, are they printed ones or are they genuine? Went, oh, no, they're genuine. He was signing them all this afternoon. I'm like, oh, I'm having one of them then. So I got one of, I got one of those in a little frame at the minute rather than a t shirt. So I've got a nice. That's two John Carpenter signatures I've got now. So, but he was nice. he was maybe twenty thirty feet away from us before he came on because the concert wasn't supposed to start until nine o'clock. But he came. Yeah. Out, he wandered through this door, and you can recognise him a mile off because he's got the big white hair and the ponytail and stuff. Right. And obviously, everybody's seen John Carpenter knows what it looks like. And he came out the door, and he was having a look at the crowd, and then he went, had a quick word with everybody, and he came on at half past eight. So played about an hour and a quarter. Opened with Escape <laughs> from New York. Played right. themes from Big Trouble in Little China, The Thing, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, all sorts. So it was amazing. <laughs> so that was my Saturday. You know, that is awesome, man. That I'm really envious. And, of course, you know exactly where my mind went when you said he was signing memorabilia. It's like the uh, the upside-down head with the uh, spider legs. <laughs> and, of course, none of the Rob Bottin stuff was there, I know. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a signed Kurt Russell beard. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It made out of human he, hair as well. So that or the uh the tape recorder, right? That the uh <laughs> the president started playing at the very end, right? Yeah. Oh they missed a trick there. They should have sold that tape. Yeah. <laughs> they, did, they they missed a trick. So, no, it was really good. It was just bizarre. I, mean, I love the music, and it, we were stood right in front of the bass speaker. So every time, boom, oh. it hit us right in the chest. My ribs were vibrating for about a week. It's pretty amazing the the amount of movement. I always thought that would be kind of a cool sci fi weapon. Where, um, and they kind of touched on it in uh, what was the uh, the one Tom Cruise movie where they had the gun that would actually knock you down with sound waves. But I always wanted to up the frequency so it'd just shatter your bones and you'd be like in a <laughs> pile of goo, you know? <laughs> Wasn't there a gun like that in District Nine, or something? Something, or is that? The- I think it, it would. Yeah, you're right. And it was just all the big bouncy sound waves, and it wouldn't kill you. You'd just be moved back about twenty feet, and um, yeah, pretty cool. Well, but- that, is, that is what it's like being in front of a bass speaker at a John Carpenter gig. Yeah, was- and I know what you're talking about because that's where I was for. Uh, Ted Nugent air, opened for Aerosmith. And wow. so I was right there holding on to the gate. Now, this was at a huge uh, like um, coliseum. 
And there was this one cute girl that uh, we were kind of hanging out in line. This is a long time ago. And so um, anyway, she stood in front of me and I held on to the gate. And that way, you know how the waves of people will try to push and whatever. Yep. And of course, I've always been a tank. So I just held on to. And so she was in the safe zone. Right. And uh, but those subwoofers were right there in front of us. And of course, I couldn't hear anything anyway due to just the absolute volume of everything. But feeling those waves hit you. And I was like, I really think my heart may stop. I'm not sure about this. Was it a bit, was it a bit like the moment in Total Recall when you shatter the glass and the air flies out the window and it's, I think it's Arnie that's holding onto the railing. It's like, ah! That was Trying it. not to get sucked out. Or the alien at the end of Alien. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> Hanging on for dear life. <laughs> you know, everybody starts moving in mass and then, uh, you know, and then you have those people that think that, okay, mosh pit, we're going to start bouncing. And then I would just stare at them like, yeah, you're not bouncing to me. And then they just start bouncing back. It was funny. It's almost like at the end of guardians of the galaxy where star Lord reaches out for Gamora to dance and he's <laughs> yeah. like taking it back. So Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, as much as I love the music, I'm just sort of for the for the hour and a half over there. It's like I'm in the same room as John Carpenter. That's awesome. Right. So tick off bucket list. <laughs> Doink. Right. So the only thing that would have been better if he came over and went, "Let me personalize that poster for you." But right. oh, it's kind of cool that 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 didn't happen because I have got my signed John Carpenter picture that he sent me years ago. So nice. I'm happy with that. So, uh, the podcast last week was amazing. Two hours and 23 minutes we run for. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, that was fun, man. Neil Johnson said, thank you for the shout out. I said, well, we, we try to be a little bit inventive with the shout out. So right. at some point, I'm sure he'll slip into this conversation and we'll Right. So I don't ever want to get stagnant and just go, hi, Neil, thanks for listening. Hi, Tracy, thanks for listening. So I'll right. try to do something a little bit um, inventive. So, yeah, what have you been up to? Well, you know, I'm trying desperately. Surely Netflix has some easy way to just click on a link that will show me all the movies that I've been watching over the last week. But there was one movie in particular, uh, Michelle and I were trying to find something scary, right? So we, you know how Netflix will categorize. And in the horror section, there was this Japanese movie, and I can't remember the name. Who knows? Maybe it was in Japanese, and maybe that's why I can't remember it. But um, it was about this kind of a, an orphanage. And um, they had, you know, like uh, all the teachers were kind of eccentric or whatever. But then um, there was the mystery of the disappearing girls and this and that and, you know, what's going on. And so we were expecting it to be a psychological horror with ghosts, you know what I mean? Because the Japanese do that so well. And yet um, by the end of it, you're like, well, hell, this is uh, like junior Captain America, super soldier kind of. This is not what we were expecting, you know, and it really wasn't even all that scary ever. And it takes a lot to creep me out anyway. But I mean, uh, Michelle will jump and, you know, she gets into the story and all. But I mean, so whatever the name of that one was, that was a disappointment. I'm not sure why that was in horror and not in some other I don't know. Maybe it just uh, defied genre or you know categorization. I don't know, but yeah. I think now and again Netflix do have films in the wrong category. You're like, what? That's not a comedy or you know, oh, that yeah. type of thing. Well, that and then you know before they had categories. I mean, not categories, but everybody had their own profile, right? Yeah. Then I would get these weird. It's like between the kids and Vanel, uh, we were all sharing uh, this account, right? 
And um, so anyway, I would get, you know, like suggestions for John, Barbie's dream house, lesbian lovers and <laughs> uh, some superhero movie. And I'm just like, yeah, this is doing me zero good. So that was kind of nice when they decided they were going to split everything up. Everybody could have their own profile. So still, uh, you know, Michelle and I share a profile and then Emily will bebop around. Sometimes she uses her profile. Sometimes she'll just land on ours and use it. So. Um, yeah, sharing with the kids, but yeah, so I, I get a very eclectic suggestion mix. At least the film wasn't Barbie's lesbian lovers. Cause that would be, although there probably is a film called that out there. And if probably, it was, it, you know, soon, so. Michelle probably would have turned it off before I would have. I'm just saying, you yeah. know, it would have been intriguing. <laughs> the thing with Netflix is cause you'll see like a thumbnail and you'll go, that looks like an interesting film and you'll click on it and it'll be something so unsuitable. Uh, but you can't, it, it will stay on your resume watching list or whatever. You can't delete the damn things. <laughs> there was something that uh, Michelle was watching, and the title was totally different than what it was. Almost like Snatch is a heist movie. But to my my <laughs> aunt, you know, she was just like, "No, I'm not going to buy you porn for Christmas." What? <laughs> no, I, I want a double stuff. pack, blow and snatch. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Either there that is... or I know there's, there's got to be, you know, one of these days we need to do a show where titles were changed simply to go over to England. Because surely they've been some things that were just like, oh, that's off color. That will never get on the shelf, right? Yeah. I think there's, well, there's been a lot of title changes anyway. I'm trying to think of some that have been changed for that reason. Yeah. Um, I can't think but of it's any. not just to jump to a completely different language. Sometimes it's just, you know, the interpretation of the reader based upon whether you're in the States or over in England or... Oh, uh, I remember when uh, over here the second Austin Powers film was coming out, Spy Who Shagged Me, and <laughs> you might as well just put an F bomb in place of the word shagged. <laughs> you know, you would never go up to your grandmother and go, "What are you doing? Oh, I'm off shagging at the weekend." You just wouldn't do right. it. You, you, you <laughs> so to to hear that the film was then you know called The Spy Who Shagged Me in America, where I was, it gave people in the UK many many giggles. Right. Um, yeah. So that was yeah. that's probably one of the more awkward ones. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and, and shagging uh, around the coast is a form of dancing, right? <laughs> and so there was a friend of mine that went down to Australia and met these people that she had never met. I think it was a wedding or something. Dear Lord, it's been so long ago. But anyway, um, they were all together in, you know, like at the whatever the main house. And she said, hey, let's all go to the beach and shag. And, and <laughs> silence. And then somebody wise enough to know what we refer to as dancing up here. Although I, I don't shag dance. I have no idea what that encompasses, but uh, somebody was just like, I'm going to let you off the hook. That means fucking down here. So <laughs> yeah. you, you mean dancing? Yes. Let's dance to beach music. We can do that. So <laughs> very, very different party. Very um, massively yeah. a different party. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which would be a better party, but it's a very different party. I guess it all depends on you know, are we in this world or Westworld? I don't know, man. Oh, it, it does. Know. How are you doing on Westworld? You know, I saw the uh, the free pilot, and uh, I haven't been able to find it otherwise. So I would like to catch up because I think it's on um, episode six, right? Uh, f- I think five has just been on. Maybe six uh-huh. has just been on, but uh, right. I've I've watched the first four. And partway through episode four, Annette went, yeah, I'm done with this. So she's ended her vacation. No way. Wow. She just right. finds it. And I kind of agree with it. It's a good show. 
just it's, slow? It's a, a really, really slow. I was talking yeah. to a friend of mine yesterday who'd watched all four, and I said, how many uh, episodes you watched? He went, four. I said, right. They're about an hour each. And he went, yeah. So, so you've watched this for four hours. <clears throat> he went, yeah. I said, right, What what's happened? He went, well, there's like Westworld, and it's cowboys, and there's this guy who's going around and he's killing people. That's the Ed Harris character that you've seen in the pilot. Right. And he's doing right. that. And I'm like, no, no, not, not the premise. What's happened in the show? You've watched it for four hours. That's two. <laughs> that's like both Avenger movies that you've watched. Right. What's what's the storyline? And he went, "It's not a right lot happened." I'm like, "That's my point." It's a really good premise. It's really well made. There's some interesting characters in there, but nothing's happening in it. And it's, I don't see how they could keep up with the pilot because the pilot was cool to me for multiple reasons. One, obviously, it's a lot deeper than the original Westworld, and Two, you have these – yeah, like I would have thought the Ed Harris character was the Huel Brenner character, you know, rogue cyborg, which yep. he's not. Nope. And then uh, what's his head? Uh, James Marston, I was kind of thinking that he was a visitor, but yet not. And I, and I know that's that could be spoiling people. I apologize. But I'm just saying that – and then you have your, um, you know, your god character. You have – uh, different other people who are vying for power within the organization, and they see what these, uh, you know, these replicants could do, so to speak. And um, I thought it was interesting. I caught a news blurb from one of your UK papers where you're familiar with real dolls if you've watched <laughs> yeah. Howard Stern or uh, Sons of Anarchy. So anyway, Real Dolls is trying to take it up to the next level with robotic Real Doll. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I saw something on social media this morning where this woman had shared this post in, and she's like, you men are all sick. And then this guy who's obviously on her friends list or following or whatever fired back with, I'm sorry, but you women have had the market cornered in sex toys for decades. <laughs> Which well, is a I mean, really good response. I'm like, you know, she's like, men are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's just something scary. I don't know if it's because we've watched Terminator or uh, Ex Machina or, you know, where we know that robots have endless strength, right? Yep. Um, and, and, I mean, like, these things, I watched the video. And and this isn't a, a sex doll in action. This is just the sex doll interview, right? And, <laughs> the, and, and her doll creator, doll right? or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And so, but there's just something that bothers me with jaws that are robotic, <laughs> and 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 I realize the rest of her, you can just pose her or whatever. But still, I I don't want to die that way. You know, no. I don't want to lose an appendage that way. So therefore, I I think they have a ways to go because we have seen Westworld, you know, and um, I just I I don't know, man. I but I guess some people would like that. And but the creepy voice coming out of the head, and it's the back of the head, not even the mouth. And um, you know, it's just weird, man. It's it's like some creepy horror movie. So, but to it's, each his own. No judgment from me. If that's what you want to spend your fifteen thousand dollars on, have have fun, have at it, man. But could you imagine though? So, let's say you went out and you bought one of these. You're like, you know what? I don't see anything wrong with this at all. I'm going to go. I'm going to spend my fifteen thousand dollars. Right. I'm going to put it in there. And your friends come round at Christmas, right. and they go. What's that? <laughs> oh, it's um, it's it's a uh, it's memorabilia, right? Is that one of those real life sex dolls? Um, 
<laughs> no. Kind of looks like one. I didn't know you used that. I, I don't. I don't know how that... Yeah, it's right. not something you would hide in a top drawer, is it, really? <laughs> no, you have, like, this cabinet that is custom-built to, like, you know, keep her in. And, and as the creator of the, the Real Dolls, who was like, I created something for someone to become emotionally attached to, to love. And that reminded me of that movie that I haven't seen, but um, I can't remember if it has Ryan Gosling in it or, or some big names. But anyway, where he has some issues and he has a real doll that he puts into a wheelchair and takes around <laughs> with him as though that's his wife. I hear it's pretty good, but, you know, I mean, like, I, going back to her voice, um, it, it, it just, it was very synthetic and... Not even Siri-like or Cortana-like. And it just – that would just be like Hal 9000. I'm sorry. I don't compute. <laughs> and then you've been to Chuck E. Cheese when things start to malfunction and they reverse blink. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then so what's – you know, and it was funny in the – I think the New York Times did an article, uh, like a little video of this. And they're interviewing the, the, you know, the guy creating it. I cannot remember his name, so he'll just be known as creator. But anyway um, – and then it was like, well, why don't you ask her a question? And she started malfunctioning just like uh, the, the dad, the farmer dad on, um, on Westworld, you know, <laughs> yeah. or the sheriff where it's like, <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, that would be horrific. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> you'd, you'd wake up to like, good morning, John. Your ass looks hot in those jeans. Good morning. Can I fetch you a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't, that's not working. No, they got, they got a long way to go. <laughs> that or I could just see those teeth start like, you know, biting down like zombies on The Walking Dead, you know? It's like, <laughs> chum, 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 chum. whoa, okay. Uh, you don't want to phone the, phone the hospital with that one, do you? Um, my <laughs> companions malfunctioned. <laughs> oh, man. You know, they, there's a TV show called, I think it's Humans, and I think it, yeah, it yeah. was created by the BBC. I think uh, they're working on season two, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but, see, season two just started airing over here this week, I think. Oh, that is awesome. So it is I enjoyed season one. Did you see it? No, I didn't. I saw clips, because uh, they've been advertising this at the cinema for, mm-hmm. you know, to be on the TV, so that's the only time I'd seen yeah. clips of it, but it does look quite interesting. It looks kind of creepy as well, though. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And, um, and there's a moral tale to it. I, I like stories that have deeper than just, you know, fembots, you know, they're hot. So, um, so anyway, but it, it was, it was very interesting and, in, and in how they program them and stuff. And I guess it, it kind of in ways goes back to the old Blade Runner. It's like, you know, was Deckard a replicant who has whose memories and how did they get there? You know? And so anyway, it's, it's just interesting to me. <laughs> I, I like the whole sci-fi uh, spin on things. And, and once again, Michael Crichton was probably the best at saying, do not play God or things will end miserably, right? So <laughs> Exactly. So I'm going to see where – I don't know. I told Annette. I said I'm going to carry on watching this first season of Westworld. If it gets really, really good, I'll let her know. Right. But it's five more episodes to God. It's ten in total. Right, um, but we'll see. But it's now, I'm enjoying it. But if I, I woke up tomorrow and there was a news story saying it's been cancelled, I wouldn't get too upset about it. 
But if you'll buy the Blu-ray, the deluxe Blu-ray edition, you'll have all the episodes that were never aired. Yeah, That's what I don't understand, man. Has there ever been a BBC show that they filmed in its entirety, but yet, ah, we're just going to stop airing no. it. We're not going to, yeah. No point. Why? I, I don't understand. Exactly, man. Yeah. If you recoup anything, it's better than nothing. But yep. over in the U.S., it's just like, oh, no, you're not going to get the rest of Almost Human. Why not? Yeah, you're not going to get the rest of Firefly unless you buy it on DVD and Blu-ray. It's just <laughs> exactly. evil greed, man. You know? Yep. Don't buy into it. No. No. So, well, except for Almost Human. I really would like to <laughs> get that on Blu-ray and then watch it in its proper order. So that maybe it would make more sense because they were kind of jumping around. I love you. I hate you. I hate you. You you suck. No, I'm, you make sense to me. No, you suck. You know, and it was like another forty eight hours, and it just bothered me because I'm like, what the hell's wrong with these these actors? Are they just you know, or is it the different directors? Oh, this is my take on how you should be really because. Man, I mean, like, you know, actors should be able to tell the director, whoa, I would not say Sweet Christmas. That's a Luke Cage line, you know? Uh, so anyway, speaking of Luke Cage, have you watched that? No, I have not. Nope. Is it good? Should I watch it? I really enjoyed it. Now, some people said it was slow. Um, Ian, who you've heard on uh, the Waxing Cinematic podcast, uh, yeah. my stepson, uh, he said that the writing sucked. And it oh. was awful. Oh, um, so I'm guessing he didn't like it then. <laughs> I guess not. Say what you think, Ian. Don't hold back. <laughs> well, that's one of the many things I enjoy about Ian. It's like, hey, what did you think about that movie? Ah, oh, it sucked. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> and uh, But Michelle and I enjoyed it, probably uh, me more than, than she did, just because I'm such a uh, comic book fan. But, I mean, the storyline was there. I, I, I enjoyed it. And um, to have someone who um, – really kind of grows up he's very naive almost like superman at the beginning of batman versus superman because i think the biggest story arc there was uh kal-el uh discovering you know what i can't be the boy scout i can't save everybody humanity sucks i need to grow up and be real about what i can and cannot do and um so in a way that was you know but yet i don't think he he became quite so jaded but um you know, Luke's aspiration to save Harlem, um, it didn't come without some consequences. And anyway, but it, yeah, it was really good. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next on Netflix. I can't remember if it's Iron Fist or whether it's going to be The Punisher, but looking forward to everything. I think, because originally they had four, didn't they? I think it was Iron Fist next, but maybe The Punisher, because he was pretty popular in Daredevil, wasn't it? So Oh, hell yeah. They may have yeah. changed the schedules a little bit. Who knows? <laughs> well, and I think the Punisher is somebody we can all, um, no matter how kind and, and um, calm we all are, there are times when it's just like, you deserve a Punisher visit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just the most heinous criminals on TV. And yet, they're just getting a little pop on the wrist. You know, they didn't mean to yeah. do those awful things. And I'm like, where's Frank Castle when you need them? And and, and that may, maybe that makes me seem tainted jaded and dark but there are just some people i'm just like oh my god they're still walking around doing their evilness so anyway but i've always that's a question i've always just wondered about planet earth in general mm -hmm. you think 
I've, I don't understand why there's not more vigilantes because <laughs> right. it's just because everybody, the whole planet is just grumpy about everything. We're like, oh, and the world has had vigilantes. We've had Charles Bronson yeah. running around for five movies, right? You know, Bernie Getz, who was a real life one in New York, I think it was in the early eighties. I remember that, and there was right. the, the Guardian Angels and all that stuff. But yes, right. you never hear stories about somebody just going, right? I'm going to go out at night and take out criminals. It just doesn't right. happen. And I don't know. I don't know whether they actually exist in the media like no we can't talk about them because then everybody will go oh what a good idea let's all go do that instead of go (laughs) trick-or-treating but never understood why the world isn't full of more frank castles Uh, i'm advocating in case any losses the law um organizations are listening right it's just one of them things but you know the angels up in in new york city they were around when um my uncle lived up there and he said literally when they formed their movement and they were everywhere and people were on better behavior because they knew they'd get their asses kicked. Yep. And these guys were just martial artists. I don't think they carried any weapons or anything, but it was just like, you know, nope. A red beret on their head. So maybe they, they could have used that as a weapon. Possibly. Yeah, might have had razor so. blades in it like Peaky Blinders. Oh, I thought you meant like, you know, here's felt in your eye, scum, whoop pow, you know? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, microfibers. Ah. <laughs> I've got allergies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that type of thing. But uh, yeah, I remember the Guardian Angels. But I think nowadays they would get sued because they're like, you assaulted me. You know, I like to. You didn't That's have right. a warrant and it just wouldn't work. Well, I don't know if you guys have this over in England, but I mean, over here, if someone were to try to break into my house, fell in my skylight, which I don't have, into the kitchen, landed on the counter, and somehow landed on our grouping of knives, which are all handle out, but somehow they all flipped open, and then he, you know, he or she, I don't want to be sexist here, impaled himself on some of the blades, then he could sue me. Yep. And yet he's a trespasser. It, yeah, it makes no it's sense. A, it's the same over here. You know, there's but, been a few. Yeah. There's been a few legal cases where somebody's tried to rob an old guy's farmhouse, and the old guy shot them in the rear end with a, you know, with a shotgun or whatever, not killed right. them, and then they, the guy has then lost his house because he's been taken to jail. And you're like, right. but they, they broke into his house. Doesn't matter. You know, like what? You're not allowed to defend yourself anymore. <laughs> well, then, of course, and that's. We, I'm so ready for the election, so I don't have to hear all the mudslinging propaganda. But you know, what, it what was mudslinging funny. propaganda? It's been really well organized. It's been a wonderful debate. <laughs> oh, it's it's like if you love your gun, defeat Hillary, or stop the Trump train. It's leading us to destruction. It, it has become like trailers for blockbuster summer tentpole movies. Yep. It's just politics, man. And and it's like, oh, we've discovered even more emails. If Hillary Clinton becomes president, we're going to sue her ass. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, like, what? Well, I mean, anyway, it, what it's is, just kind of mind What is the feeling over there at the minute, though? Is it, is it the, the feeling that Hillary will win or Donald or is it neck and neck or nobody it's really a- knows? be honest and I, and I know probably some people will be very disappointed in me but I do not plan to vote. Yep. I'm not going to waste my time in line and because every I, it's gotten to the point and I think I even tweeted about my frustration with it. Not just the the um the fact that I would rather be watching adverts for tampons 
<laughs> versus uh, politicians as I'm watching Hulu these days. But no, I'm sick of seeing all the um, the yard signs. There, we I have to travel past this huge. Uh, it used to be a mall. But now it's a, a place for voting. So there are hundreds of signs from small to large. And it's frustrating to have the, this bombardment, right? But then, too, the fact that I'm watching friends that are normally sane be so stressed <laughs> out because even their spouses are disagreeing with them, right? Because yeah. of Pastor Bob says or uh, President Snow or whoever. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you you – you hear all this crap, and it's all lies. It's if it's not a full lie, it's a bent truth, which is a lie. And um, they're just trying to get your vote. I mean, like, oh, he's evil. She's the Antichrist. That's ah, like a great sitcom for Fox. I just, you know, I, I'm, so I'm ready for it to be done. But I've completely disconnected. If I see any ads or anything, I just block it from my mind. I'm doing editing in my brain at all times because I'm sick of it. This is, I, I used to, it was almost like a good fight. Like I love to watch boxing and UFC comes close, but I, I really, I, I'm, I miss watching more boxing. But, you know, even though I was a big Tyson fan before the whole ear biting thing, um, and I still am, I still have major respect for the guy, but um, as far as his fighting skills, let me, let me put it that yeah. way. But, um, you know, in the event that someone would get a punch in, on him so that he didn't take him out in the first 20 seconds. I was like, damn, that's awesome. You know what I mean? I, it, whoever won, I did, I don't bet. I'm not a gambler, but boxing. Cool, man. If, if, you know, I mean, I want to see two athletes go at it. And, and my mom has always called that cruel. I, I, I mean, like my ancestor is from so many of my ancestors are from England, but anyway, um, gentleman, John Jackson, or is it Gentleman Jack? I've heard him referred to as Gentleman Jim as well. But I think it's Gentleman John Jackson who was like – he started bare-knuckle boxing over there, inspired uh, – like he – there was a character that he inspired in the Sherlock Holmes series where he taught Sherlock Holmes how to you know bare-knuckle uh, fight boxing and everything. And so I guess maybe just somewhere deep in my DNA, I just enjoy watching that kind of thing. But, um, but anyway, I digress. When it comes down to this presidential election, I'm not impressed with the fighting style of either. I would much rather have somebody come up and just say, you know what? Here's all my skeletons laid out before you. I have I, I don't do those things anymore. I want to make America better because I have made myself better. You know what I mean? I, I, I want something inspirational, you know, but yeah, it's we don't have that. They're too busy bashing each other over the head. It is. And people, it's, it's not about politics, is it? No. I mean, it's like, if you think, and he is an idiot, but they're both idiots. It's like, if you think Donald Trump's an idiot, I'm not really bothered. It's like, can he do the job? If he right. can probably do the job, that's okay. If he can't do the job, that's not okay. It's right. that kind of thing. But you don't, all certainly over the media over here, all you hear is, oh, Donald Trump once touched a sheep or whatever. Oh, Hillary <laughs> deleted an email. Or There's nothing about the politics of it all. Yeah. Nothing. And it's kind of the same over here for our politics. We're going through this whole leaving Europe thing, which is just 
pathetic and stupid and yeah. And then a couple of years ago, it was Scotland were trying to take independence for themselves. So we got all the stupidity of that. People were right. falling, falling out on social media and attacking anybody who... It would be like if you go on, on Tuesday and you put on your Facebook or your Twitter going, I just voted for Hillary or Donald or whatever. Right. You would yeah. get half your friends going, you're an idiot. And people, it's just... It's crazy. And and pointless. I Yeah. You know, there's... The, I guess because I've worked for myself since 94. Um, I have my work friends and I have my close friends, which I consider family. And so there are those that, you know, we, we have a lot in common. We make movies or we write or we, whatever, you know what I mean? And, um, and that's all cool. But in the event that, you know, I don't know, some global, uh, electromagnetic pulse should happen. And, then there's a lot of people that I would suddenly not have anything else in common with, you know? And so I just, I feel like, um, those people that would follow you based upon the way you're going to vote, they're not there to stay, you know? So anyway, yeah. But uh, Tuesday, it'll be, uh, it's not going to be over, is it on Tuesday? (laughs) Because it's going to be some sort of backlash. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think will be messy on social media. Well, do you remember the hanging Chad from what was that? Uh, not eight years ago. I can't remember how many years ago it was, but um, it was the where down in Florida where you have a sheet and then you have this little like blunt metal object and you're punching. It's all pre-made holes, but the little piece of paper still in there. Right. So you have to punch through it. Right. Yeah. Well, Evidently, there were a lot of elderly that were just haphazardly, just like barely pushing through it. So therefore, there was a hanging chad. And then all the ballots were read wrong. So, hey, so-and-so is the new president. Oh, wait, not yet. And then, you know, it's the concessions. And, oh, my God. It just, you know, it. it I look at how um, crooked elections are in other countries, you know, where it's just like, oh yeah, everybody's voting, but yet we've already decided who's gonna, you know, uh, you know, who's who's gonna be the next leader. And at least it's simple. And I, I feel bad because I wish democracy would work, but I feel bad. But at least it's just kind of like cut and dry. Guess what? Uh, you know, Professor X uh, beat out Magneto, or vice versa, and you're <laughs> like, okay, well, not like we didn't see that coming, you know. Versus the hanging Chad, the whole, well, our computers malfunctioned. And, oh, I was forced to, to vote for Magneto versus uh, Professor X. Really? Well, why the hell didn't you report it? Well, I just thought it was, it was – you're a dumbass. <laughs> you're a dumbass. As soon as you see something going wrong, report it. Yep. Let, the, let the IT guys take care of it because God help us all. There's like – a gazillion people that are going, well, it's not who I voted for, but it's not letting me vote for the one I, so I give up, you know, and then <laughs> they win, you know, and then look at the numbers and maybe they're factual. Anyway, I digress, man. How did we go from entertainment to shit throwing gorillas, man? You know? Well, cause we went from um, emotionless <laughs> creatures potentially taking over the world. And, and then, you know, that's not that much of a stretch to politics at the minute. It really is it? isn't, man. It, it's not. <laughs> so I, while we're talking presidential stuff, I started checking out a TV show on Netflix, which is, uh, it's not a Netflix exclusive, but they're, mm-hmm. they're doing, I think they do it over there as well, where they put a new episode on each week. 
after it's aired on whatever TV network it's on. And it's designated Survivor. Oh, that's with... Um, um, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, but he's not like, damn it, Chloe. He's Open kind of... refrigerator. I need, you know. There's hints of it. He also, a couple of times he's like, god damn it. We're just oh, like, <laughs> yes. So I keep waiting for him to put somebody in a chokehold. And right. I, I'm hoping. But I've watched all five episodes in, in 24 hours. Is it good? Such a good show. Really? Kiefer is like the housing department representative to the White House or something. He's like right. a low-level guy. And during the State of the Union, which right. this is apparently a true part, they take a designated survivor. So right. you're right, that's you. So you're not allowed to go to the State of the Union. You go sit in an office somewhere just right. in case the Capitol building gets blown up and everybody gets wiped out. And then you become president. So he's like, all right. And, right. and you can probably guess what happens. Something happens and the Capitol building blows up and everybody's dead and you're now the president. Right. So it's him. It's kind of like the West Wing meets 24. <laughs> and it's really, really good because he's like, oh, I guess I'm now the president. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you've got people there going, you shouldn't even be the president because he right. didn't like you. He he didn't like you anyway. So you you we don't we don't got to follow what you're saying. Right. You can, oh, we're going to do our own thing. And you've got military generals going, we're going to need to bomb Africa. No, we're not bomb. Oh, we need you. I know what I'm doing. You don't. You've only been here five minutes. So you've got the right. whole backstabbing political <laughs> stuff. But it is really, really, it's a good program well i've got it pulled up now on hulu man i'll have to check that out oh hell yeah so i'm just yeah. wishing there was more episodes the next one's on next thursday i think that's when it airs and yeah it's on to netflix but it's very very good but it's weird looking at Kiefer sutherland in anything and not seeing jack bauer oh yeah well especially he's wearing glasses which i guess are also supposed to add to his uh demure calm exterior interior whatever you know what i mean so um but of course, I always think the glasses, and not just in the Superman sense, but it's always a call to action where it's like you pull off your glasses, you throw them down. Damn it! Give me my <laughs> AR, you know, whatever. Give me my weapon, you know. He <laughs> doesn't wear them that much, though. It's only a few scenes earlier on when oh, he's really? supposed to. Yeah, he just periodically he'll put them on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are a few moments where he gets a bit tougher, and he's like, "Damn it!" So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want him to go full Jack Bauer. <laughs> but it's definitely worth checking out Designated Survivor. I was just browsing on Netflix. I started off watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 um, oh, yeah? the other day, and I'm like, no, I'm not, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch, like, I want to find a TV show that I'm gripped <laughs> with. And right. there isn't anything really at the minute. Walking Dead, I'm storing all those up, and I'm going to binge watch those when the season's finished. Right. Um, Westworld is okay. American Horror Story, I'm up to date with. So I thought, I'll give this designated survivor a watch. And it just gripped mm-hmm. me from the pilot episode. So mm-hmm. it's really good. So check it out. I will do it, man. Have you ever checked out Angie Tribeca? Um, I've never even heard of that one. And, if you yeah. Did you like Airplane 1, oh, 2, hell 3? Yeah. Stupid, stupid stuff that just makes me laugh. And um, then check out Angie Tribeca. That's on Hulu. And I, I don't know how many episodes are on there, but yeah, it's like periodically when I just need a stupid laugh, bam, it's right there. And so uh, we were watching a little bit of it yesterday with uh, Ian. He was uh, was supposed to go to the movies and then wound up not going to the movies. So yeah, we just sat around and watched a couple of episodes and um, I introduced Emily to that. I guess it was back probably three weeks ago and um, she thought it was funny. So, you know, if you have that sense of humor, I I'd really highly recommend it. So I went to the movies. 
That's three weeks in a row I've been to the no movies. No way, man. I did. That's three weeks in a row. I've never done that for years. Right. <laughs> and we watched Doctor Strange. Oh, what'd you think? Did you see it in 3D or 2D? No, no, no. I watched 2D the way every film should be watched. <laughs> None of this 3D malarkey. Apparently, it is very good in 3D, but no. Uh-huh. I, I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but it was uh, Bob, Annette, and I went, and uh, Annette turned to me. She went, what do you think? I went, what do you think? She went, I really liked it. So she turned to Bob, and she went, what do you think? He went, oh, it's really good. And they turned to me, and went, what do you think? I'm like, I think I liked it. I'm not sure. Because it's... There was, there's nothing about it I didn't really like, but the yep. whole and you've you'll have seen it in the trailer where they changed the buildings and it's very inception right. and that I is just, that was my next question was how many times did you go ah you know I've already seen that in Inception yeah. well that and I thought well I've already seen this in Doctor Strange because it's like <laughs> it's like, if there's a chase sequence or something they're going ah let's run because we're running away from people and let's mm. change the shapes of the buildings you go why. Just run. Yeah. Well, right. I, I, I didn't feel the. I get that they could do it and they could manipulate space and time and all that sort of stuff, but I didn't right. feel the need for them to do it. I didn't quite <laughs> get the point. But other than right. that, Benedict Cumberbatch is great as Doctor Strange. Mads Mikkelsen's great as the villains. Yeah, it's, it does enough humor in it, which made us chuckle. Right. Um, the the film looks gorgeous. It's like there's two post credit sequences. There's one just as the titles begin at the end, and then there's mm-hmm. one at the very, very end, which a lot of people had got up and they'd left before that. Right. Like, oh, well, we've seen it. Really? It's Marvel. There's always something at the end. Where are you going, <laughs> you stupid people? So there is two, which tie in nicely to bits and pieces. But So I didn't dislike the film, but I don't feel any need to re-watch it. Right. So it's one of those weird films where you go, yeah, I didn't dislike it, but I'm not, right. I didn't love it. But I can't tell you why I didn't love it. It was just like, eh, it's okay. Well, I think after a while, you know, how much do they stray from formula? Because they've been so successful. And we've seen this or heard this with the music industry um, for decades now, where it's like, you know, the old Abacab rule or whatever, where it's just like, okay, well, you know, here's this, here's your bridge, here's your chorus, you know, and it's a formula. And if they ever mix it up, then you're like, wow, I've got to buy that song for 99 cents. But movies tend to do the same thing, and Marvel has a great success rate. DC really does not. DC will find its stride, find its formula, and start cranking them out and give Marvel competition. I, be- I believe yeah. that, or at least that is my hope. But in the meantime, um, you know, I think Marvel knows how to tell a good story. But is it is it getting to? Is it just feeling kind of cookie cutter? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is like a certain formula, isn't there? I mean, Doctor Strange is different enough. It'll be interesting to see how they tie Doctor Strange in with the rest of the Marvel. Mm -hmm. Because I know you've got a guy who could turn into a Hulk, and you've got an Ant-Man who could turn himself into a little thing and stuff, but they're kind of grounded to a certain level, and you've got Mm -hmm. Thor who comes from Asgard and all that sort of stuff, but they're kind of grounded in a sort of reality-type thing, where Iron Man just flies around in a suit and blah, blah. But you've got Doctor Strange who can just jump through time warps and change the way that planet Earth looks and all this time. You're like, right. ah, how are they going to turn that one into it? So it's, it's kind of you, weird, but it's worth it, watching. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it, and who knows? Uh, Michelle and I may catch it this weekend. Uh, we'll just have to see. But, um, you know, I missed Magnificent Seven at the 
on the big screen, which I guess that'll probably be out before Christmas. You know, they really pop these things out to the public pretty fast. Um, but yeah, but I, I would like to see Dr. Strange and, but you know, it's funny. I caught an article the other day and, um, it was talking about after infinity war, don't expect Marvel movies to keep getting bigger and bigger. And of course, you know, I wanted to use my no shit rubber stamp and just (laughs) pop right on there because why would we think that, you know, because someone even brought up the point like, OK, we're going to have 68 or whatever um, superheroes. Right. So even if you incorporate, you know, like maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. So you, you're going to have the built in five there. You're going to have um, the Avengers. That's a built in, you know, mystery number six, seven, whatever, you know. So even if you have clusters on screen, that's still not a lot of screen time. Right. Yeah. And so. After a while, what is too much? You know, it almost becomes like a um, Stanley cameo, you know, where he just comes on and says, ha, 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 I'm funny. And then it's it's gone. So, I mean, then you're like, holy shit, was that was that Iron? Wait a minute. Was that Iron Man? Was that who was that? And you're looking over your shoulder because you you can't pause it in the movie theater. And then it's right on to the next thing, you know, so. I don't know. And then or is it just going to be one huge mashup like uh, what was that video game that was so successful that um, even had its own theme song? Something about uh, I'm, I kill and I have a game and zombies are in it or whatever. Had a nice heavy metal score. But anyway, where eventually it's just you against a gazillion little dots. It was very much uh, a, 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 it felt more like an old quarter arcade game uh, from the 80s. But anyway. Yeah. Whatever that was called. But yeah, man, I mean, like when is when does special effects and the ability to have 68 characters on the screen at the same time? When is that too much? When does story take a big hit, which I think is what DC has been experiencing? You know, it's kind of like, oh, hey, we've got we can get the whole Justice League put together. Well, let's have some story first. Yeah. Yeah, I think the storyline's taken a hit a couple of times to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Was one of the examples. The Amazing Spider-Man Two, which for the most was okay, but there was elements in that where you you could have got rid of that and used the screen time for a plot. Right. Um, So they've done it a couple of times, but it's not gone majorly wrong. But yeah, you know, I'm sure it will at some point. (laughs) So I also watched a film which I think you might have watched a while back, Pandorica or Pandorica. Did you watch that one? I don't know it's kind of a weird one because it's it's set years from now i think and it opens with the lines many years ago there was a an event called the great reset which set humanity back decades and it's so it's kind of like these three people two guys and a woman are sent into the forest to to have like a the equivalent of a vision quest type thing. And yeah. whoever will come out will be the leader of the tribe. And they go in and it's just a really weird science fiction-y period drama thing where they're running around with spears and whatnot. And it's like, it's a odd one. So it's, I think it is classed as a science fiction film, but it doesn't, it feels more like a 10,000 years BC or whatever it was. Right. type movie but i thought you'd watched that one before actually because no it i'm intrigued I'm sure I, yeah it's kind of weird it's interesting but it's it is a very vision questy type 
right. you know, you go into the woods and come out in three days and you will learn about yourself, all that type of thing. And then they'll start, <laughs> as humans do, they start fighting each other, don't they? And they go, oh, you're, you're not going to make a leader. You broke your ankles. So I'm going to leave you and all that type of stuff. So it's a little bit weird. So that's pan, it's either class Pandorica or Pandorica. I'm not quite sure. Wow, man. How do you, I mean, like, I'm looking that up. I can't even find anything close to it. P-A-N-D-O-R-I-C-A. Oh, there it is. Pan- Pandarica, starring a guy called Mark Zamet and a bunch of other hmm. people. Interesting. Interesting. Yay, man, I'll check it out. I'm, I'm always down with the sci-fi. You know, it's, um, I think Jake swings more towards the horror, which, and then if you can ever blend the two, uh, then, yeah, it's, that's phenomenal. So. Well, Jake can get all excited about the reboot of Starship Troopers, which is coming, apparently. Oh, why? Yeah, they are rebooting it. Dude, I'm afraid they're just going to screw it up like they did RoboCop. I mean... Screw it up like they did Starship Troopers 2 and 3. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't admit that they exist, because the first one was fun. There were times when it did feel like, oh my god, this is like Waterworld long. But on the other hand... It was so cool the way they were so belligerent with the the gruesome killings and slicing people in half and you know Doogie Howser controlling the ferret and scaring his mom. So I mean you know you have you have all the you know like well I'm not smart enough to be in in you know wearing the Hitler suit so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kill bugs and uh, check out hot chicks in the shower and all that stuff. So yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but I, I enjoy it. I mean, like that's one of those that I had on DVD. Now I have it on Blu-ray just to, you know, see every pixel there is to enjoy. So great film. (laughs) Um, what is on your watch list? What have you checked out? You know, I was looking, let me jump back over to my list. Um, we saw Ghostbusters, Hey, oh, you were watching it. Yeah, I remember you mentioned you were watching it. What, yeah. go on, what, what did you think? It was kind of weird. You're like, we saw Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, there was, it made Michelle laugh, which is mm-hmm. awesome, right? Okay. Yeah. Kate seemed to enjoy it, um, you know, and I thought the blonde, and I can't remember her name because she is so exemplary on SNL. Oh, she's the one that had the glasses on. Um, in, in yeah, the one that licked her pistol. Yeah, she kind of annoyed me, actually, in Ghostbusters. I don't know why. Everybody had raved. Is it Kate McKinnon? That's or something it. like that. Yeah. People had raved about how funny she was, and I watched yep. it. I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. It's kind of more she, stupid funny than funny funny. Yeah, because like, Steve Carroll is, to me, the epitome of um, that kind of humor, where he's being stupid, but yet he he just, in his eyes you don't see that he's giggling. You know what yep. I mean? And all I saw was her giggling. It's like, I'm going to use a different accent now. I'm going to do a little... She was very inconsistent throughout. And she, to me, kept looking into the camera, looking at me, going, <laughs> don't you think I'm funny? Yeah, I do not. Yeah, I'm laughing that. at everybody else, but, you know, and I, so, you know, and it, I thought it was... It felt like just a bunch of made-up stuff, like, ah, we don't need a script. We'll just be funny. Um, why don't you tell them about your dog named My Cat? No, it's Michael. <laughs> Hatt. You know, so there was some funny stuff, you know. And yeah. Kevin was hilarious, and uh, Kate didn't even pick up on the fact that that's Thor. She's like, that is not Thor. Did, did you pick nerdy. up on him? Did you pick up on him scratching his eyes through his glasses lenses? Oh yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
there is a lot of funny stuff, and I didn't watch the extended cut just because I'd read somewhere that uh, there was some inappropriate stuff for uh, you know like the younger audience that the theatrical version was uh, far safer. So um, you know, but I, I don't know that watching the Uber edition would actually change my view of the performance of Kate McKinnon or whatever her name is. Um, just, I, I just thought it was so inconsistent and so goofy. And half the time she, it was, it was almost like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm late for the set, but I am in wardrobe. So let's just roll scene. Really? Wait a minute. Uh, so, but yeah, Kate, Kate McKinnon to me seemed like the, I like naturally funny. I like yeah. somebody to just go, Ta-da! and then Kate McKinnon to me seemed like she'd written it all and go, right, this'll work. Let me just perform it for you. And yeah. I'm not, I'm really not a fan of that type of humor. Mm. I like it to just be, but oh god, that was funny. Like Melissa McCarthy, I find her very funny. Oh She's yeah, good. definitely. But, yeah, I wasn't a massive fan of Kate McKinnon. I thought the film was okay. I liked it. What do you I think go, of all the cameos? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't think a lot of them were needed. Yeah. Um, I I thought the Annie Potts one was okay. I'm like, yay, there's Annie Potts, but right. you know. You got too many of them, I think. Yeah, and they were well, they were publicised as well, which I thought was a shame. But that's the world that we live in now, where people just oh, talk yeah. about cameos. But even the filmmakers have talked. Oh, we've got Dan Aykroyd in a little role, and we've got Bill Murray. In. Don't right. talk about it. Just let people go and let blink and you miss it. Right type thing. It's like well, with the and- Stan Lee cameos. Everybody right. knows there's going to be one. So you go watch Doctor Strange. And you're like, oh, I've not right. seen Stan Lee yet. Oh, there's Stan right. Lee. So you expect to see a cameo and that's not really what a cameo should be for me. I want a, I want a surprise. Yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting, almost an alternate universe. It certainly wasn't ghostbusters three. It was more like the world has to have ghostbusters in every dimension. Right. You know? And, um, so in this alternate universe, how it all came together was pretty cool. You know, the proton packs were very similar. Um, I thought the one thing where uh, Melissa McCarthy was walking around seeing if there was any whatever ghost activity or whatever, to me, that looked like a vagina until it <laughs> spun out like a flower. Um, but, you know, it, and so I leaned over. I'm like asking Michelle, I said, does that not look like a vagina? It's like, no, so now it does. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then it just blew up like a flower. But anyway, but you know, it, it was, I enjoyed it. Do I want to see it again? Probably not. You know, it, it goes in the same stack as Batman versus Superman. You know, there were some really funny things. I really enjoyed it. Um, those specific things, but as a whole, it's you know kind of like a sandwich that you cut the crust off and you're really not happy with the bread, but you don't want to touch the the meat and cheese. I think a lot of films are like that. It's certainly the big Hollywood blockbusters where they are the muck movie. So you go yeah. you, you go in, you pay your money, you get it, you you devour it, and then you go, brilliant. Uh, so what we're going to do next week? And it's just. <laughs> I mean, that's probably an interesting topic to do for a future podcast. Uh, from films that have come out since 2010, which right. films would we be talking about in 10 years' time? You know, yeah. a la Shawshank Redemption, which from 94 or whatever. That's the modern classics. Mm-hmm. Which ones would be modern classics nowadays? Because not that many. Mm-mm. Well, and I think that's... With Hollywood just trying to make money 
off of names or franchises instead of giving us something really solid or a solid reimagining or whatever or whatever you know um I, I think that's to its detriment in the long run because you won't have these movies that you want to um you know to watch over and over or share with your friends i mean like Guardians of the Galaxy done right, man. You know what I mean? Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I've seen the trailer. Um, I I hope that it will be as fresh as the first one. But the first one still, I mean, it's one of those standalones. Anyone can come over to the house. It doesn't matter if they've seen any other Marvel movies ever. You can watch it. It has a story. It has characters that you can um, you know, relate to or laugh at or whatever. You You either are one of those people or you know somebody like them and um, it, it's to me, it's a solid movie, but I think too many movies are produced simply as money makers and the story's not there and they won't hold up. No, and I mean, it's, it's the age old thing going, it is show business. It's not show show. You know, yes, right. they're out to make money, <laughs> but why can't, why can't filmmakers be allowed to, and also do both right. make a film that'll make lots of money, but make it script, script, script. Go put that in place and then make a really good movie. Right. And that way all the special effects support the story versus covering up all the gaps like a bunch of, you know, supersonic band-aids. So, yeah. So what do you think about all the stink uh, with the director leaving Deadpool 2? And now the composer. Do what left. The composer of Deadpool has also left. Right. Which, you know what? I really wasn't a huge fan of what he did. So, I mean, like listening to watching the movie, it was solid all the way through, right? There was enough going on that I, it wasn't just like, well, what, who is scratching the chalkboard? Right. But listening to this, the soundtrack alone, I really, I, I don't like what he put together. It's just like the poor man's, uh, beat master or whatever. I, I just, I, I really didn't like it. So his loss, uh, whatever the director's loss, I I would um you know that's I don't that's know big. man I mean yeah. yeah because it was I think that Ryan Reynolds was certainly a force to be reckoned with as far as his vision for um Deadpool yeah. and the director certainly lined up so I I don't know you know like I don't from what I'm reading you know like the director wanted to have an ordinary Joe playing um oh my gosh the uh, cable cable right yeah versus cable's huge man you know and so you kind of have to to me that's one of those you kind of need need to follow um you know the way the comics went you don't want you know professor x to be arnold played by arnold schwarzenegger you know that's another kind of contrasty thing you kind of want that you know and then arnold would have conan hair you know what i mean it, yeah. it just there's certain things that you need to stick with, certain things that you can change up. And um, Edgar Wright, who uh, did so many funny movies, especially um, the Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World, which to me that I, I don't know why they're not looking at him to direct it, just because he has that thinking outside the box kind of funny, you know, with the little um dialogue boxes and and pointing out different things and these shots where your room is one size and suddenly it's really long and you can see sound and you know you can put everything on pause and break the fourth wall i think he would be great now i unpinned my tweet because 
you know, there was like three people that retweeted that. And I don't think I'm a big influencer in the world of entertainment, but if anyone will listen, I just, that's who I think needs to direct it because I want to see another Deadpool that is funny. I don't want it to suddenly be fantastic four. And it really wasn't as bad as the, the critics. No, not at all. But on the other hand, still it's going to fail and we're not going to get a third Deadpool if, you know, it's like, oh, this wasn't as funny. It didn't have, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. I hope they get I think, it together. I think the problem is, and it was, we touched upon this on a, how we would run a movie studio thing. So, imagine I'm Ryan Reynolds, and you're, you're John Fouts, who did the first Deadpool movie. I was going to change your name to Tim, but let's just make it, because you're, you're a director, so it's easier just to, you directed it. Right. And together, we made a really good film called Deadpool, and it made lots of money and made everybody happy and blah, blah, blah. You, I, I did really well in the role of Deadpool. I was quite impressed, but you directed a really good film. Right. I, I would be really uncomfortable telling you, actually, those, right, you want to have a, a, an ordinary Joe playing Cable, okay? Uh, I kind of like, I'd like a bigger guy, but John, can you explain to me why you think it should be an ordinary Joe playing yeah. it? Yeah. And if you're good enough, which you are, because you did a fantastic job in the first Deadpool thing, Mm-hmm. Then I should be like, okay, that's I see your point. I might disagree with you a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're the director, right? It is because of you directing the first Deadpool and doing a really good job that people now go, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Right. Before that, they were like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Amityville okay. Horror guy, right? It's <laughs> just let the director do his thing. Yeah. First time directors, I get why studios are like, oh, we're not sure about you, but that should all be sorted out in meetings and stuff, as yeah. we discussed before. So, but but Tim had proven himself in the first yeah. one. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird. It's like the the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing, where they've given the author of the book, or oh, she gets director approval. So wrong. She's right. not a director. She's a, a book writer <laughs> and not a very good one. So why should she get to choose? Mm-hmm. Who directs a film? Because she doesn't know anything about directing. So it's right. uh, Ryan Reynolds. As far as I know, he's not directed anything. But he's got director approval, casting approval, all sorts. Mm, yeah. No, he should be allowed to sit in on the meetings and go. Well, I've got a little objection to that. Right. But it shouldn't be his call. Well, yeah, and this will sound very sexist, but I mean, ultimately, um, in a marriage, there has to be one person that is considered president if that makes any sense and you have to pick your battles and because there are times when michelle is right and i'm like you know what you've got a very good point then and but it's not necessarily and that's the dynamics of our relationship not everybody has that but you know it's we don't fight for supremacy um we're both logically inclined you know and so there are times when both, you know, like it's just, you know, I say, A and she says B and I'm like, you know what? It's going to have to go a, unless I just, you know, am, and I'm going to think more about it. You know what I'm saying? But if it was, we're not moving until we agree, then hellfire, man, we might as well be in that little Prisma plane, uh, where, uh, the, the bad guys from Superman two are floating through space doing (laughs) nothing. We're accomplishing nothing. So, but yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I, as a director, I enjoy working with actors who know that character and all I have to do is, I mean, and and it's up to them to learn their lines as long as the meat of what is said is said, um, you know, relayed some way Then I, I, I'm not, I, you know, some people say, oh, you've butchered his lines. 
No, he made it more sensical or he made it more funny or it's staying true to the character that he is playing right now. And so here's your your this is where you start the scene. By the time you pick up the fork and stab it in the guy's eye, you're over here on your B mark. And then here over in C, you have to make sure that you're in the light for dramatic effect. And other than that, be that character. But for that person and maybe it's Ryan Reynolds. Um, to say, no, you know what? Cable has to be played by superstar, blah, 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 of World Wrestling Federation or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, and maybe I have just as big a dude, but yet I just, in my mind, hey, this dude is Cable, just like Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Then you know, I, 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 I agree with you in that the director should at, have that final say. And you know what? Okay, I'm going to trust you. Because we made this cake known as Deadpool, and it was crazy and gross and funny and all this stuff simultaneously and blew people's minds. Let's do it again. Yeah. So who knows? I think they were eyeing one of the directors of John Wick um, the, the last time I heard right. an, an which, update. But. Which I read that too, and John Wick is phenomenal. But is it Deadpool? No. No, just, it's not. I don't want somebody getting in there and going, oh, well, now he's a fine-tuned assassin. Much more like in that wonderful movie Wolverine, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wolverine Origins or whatever the hell that, uh, you know, that pile of poop was, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the whole now they've not got a director, that means it's going to be a little while longer before they get Deadpool too. so... Yeah. And then, you know, with DC trying so damn hard to catch up with Marvel and then the director for the Flash movie, whatever they called it, Flash the Flash, whatever, um, he stepped down. And and the guy really, if I if I remember correctly, and I guess I need to look him up on IMDb. But I mean, this guy doesn't have huge credits. Right. And yet he was given the Flash. What in the hell, man? Hire me. To direct yeah. the Flash, hire me to do Deadpool. And by the way, I am a huge Deadpool fan. But I mean, I work with people. You know, I, I, I try to play nice in the sandbox, and uh, but I, I don't understand what happened. And, and now, of course, Warner Brothers are going. Well, you know what? Flash doesn't need his own standalone movie. To hell with you all. You know, and so which I agree. Don't make a movie just to make a movie. That's kind of the way I feel about the Wonder Woman movie, although I hope it will be good. Well, uh, apparently the new trailer was very good, but I've not bothered watching it. Yeah. But it was blowing people's socks off. They were like, wow, it looks amazing. Yeah. But I it's a trailer. Seen. You know, you yeah. can make you can make a terrible film and right. make a really good trailer out of it, so I don't tend to judge by trailers anymore. Suicide Squad. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, you get all excited and pumped up, but I mean, you know, it's I think the classic trailers told just enough to get you in there, but didn't get your hopes up about anything, you know, other than hey, Dustin Hoffman's in it. I can't wait to see it because he he's such a good actor or whatever. I mean, so but you, I think our minds were open to go and watch something versus having this preconceived notion of what it was. And then when you have Age of Ultron showing you pretty much the whole movie, in out of order, but on TV and you know trailers online, YouTube and stuff. Then, I you know it's like oh I know what's going to happen sometime. And then I don't know. It's kind of like 
uh, Christmas morning, you're opening Christmas gifts, and the one that looks like a train is a train. In fact, you kind of peeked in there, but yet you couldn't actually open it up and have fun with it until Christmas morning. So you're just kind of like, okay, when's my turn to open what I already know I'm going to get? If that makes any sense at all. It, it just it takes the surprise out of it. When someone can give you something that looks like a train and it's actually a fully functioning Doctor Who, who I mean, yeah, Doctor um, Who, oh, what is it, the sonic screwdriver. You know what I mean? Well, while we're awesome. on the subject of trains, did you check out <laughs> the uh, the trailer for Train Spotting 2, which dropped yesterday? I did, man. It looks great. What about It looks you? amazing. I watched it I'm like, within about... <laughs> 10 seconds i'm like i'm in yeah i'm in because i remember the the very first trailer of that it was attached to the first danny boyle film i ever saw called shallow grave right. which also had ewan mcgregor in it right. and at the very end of the vhs it had this crazy little 30 second 40 second trailer where it was uh, i think it was ewan mcgregor but he was tied with rope to railway tracks right. and he was just like don't let your friends tie you to the rail tracks Oi, come back. And it was a really weird trailer. Like, what the hell is this <laughs> film? And then Train Spotting came out, and to watch the trailer for T2 Train Spotting, as they're calling it. So, yay, yeah. that is now the official T2. Right. Uh, haha, Jake. <laughs> is, was amazing because they'd kept the essence of the first film, the whole choose life, choose Facebook, choose Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Right, right. They'd kept it in. We saw characters that we'd not seen for 20 years. It's like, I'm in. Right. Is it January yet? I want to watch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was about a minute and a half long, so it wasn't too long a trailer. Yeah. But it was cool that, you know, they immediately addressed, what was it, 20 years later? You know what I mean? And so, you know, and it almost reminded me of the uh, the six-episode X-Files, whatever you want to call it, right? Uh, where they came back this, you know, this past year and where it's just kind of like, yep, we're older. And then they move right on. You know, it, it's almost like an Iron Man tour um, where Don Cheadle replaces, can't remember the dude's name. Terrence, uh, Terrence Howard. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a great actor, but um, who replaced him. And and what was it? The line, something like, ah, so you're Rhodes? Yeah, deal with it. And then bam, man, who gives a shit for the rest of the movie, man? Yeah. Poor old Terrence Howard, that's who. He's like, oh, I really wish yeah. I'd have behaved more because I wouldn't have got kicked. Yep. But evidently, his uh, TV series is uh, still rocking and rolling. This is, what, second or third season? And... It's uh, Empire. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Vanel keeps... too. Yeah, Vanel keeps telling me to check out the, uh, the, the Empire, but I, I haven't yet. So yeah. I watched the pilot and I'm like, eh, it's all right. It's, it just didn't grip me but sometimes i tend to give shows three episodes and if it's not gripped me by three then i'm not interested so i've got probably two more to watch right um <laughs> the other film which comes out in the uk today which i'm not even sure you will have heard of because it's a little uk film called street cat named bob <laughs> i have not, have so you not heard of that? oh it looks amazing it's a true story all right so it's about a street cat named bob a little ginger feline cat oh so and it's not even being hit it's it's literally a furry feline. Yes, it's an actual cat. Yep, called Bob. And right? I forget his owner's name, but in this film he's played by an actor called Luke Treadaway. Yeah. So um, the character that Luke plays, it's a true story. He's a, he's a, basically down and out, so he's not got a lot of money. I don't think he works. I think he's got a bit of a drug habit. And this ginger cat just adopts him and just huh. follows him everywhere. 
and it helps him become a better person. And he's a busker, <laughs> I think, this guy. So it sounds really sweet, and you're like, that's right. pretty cool. It's, it's not an animated film. It's a live-action one. But right. the cool thing is, the cat that's playing Bob is the actual real street cat named Bob. What? It's the actual cat, <laughs> and it just looks... Well, all we've seen over here in the UK, and it's amazing as you watch... Like, today, today on such and such a show, we have... So and so, and so and so, and we have street cat named Bob, and this cat will be sat on the chair, just really professional. It would just be there being interviewed and stuff. It's it's mental. So check out the trailer. Have a look at the trailer, and if your heart doesn't melt a little bit, and you have this desire to go watch Street Cat Named Bob, then you're dead inside. Okay. <laughs> so the cat is much nicer than the cat that's in The Voices, the Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah, it's definitely nicer than that, and it's nicer than Garfield. But when you watch it, to know that that is the actual cat, yeah, and they, they had uh, Sony had the red carpet premiere last night in London, and they were tweeting out pictures from the red carpet, and the guy's there with the cat on his shoulder with a little necktie on and everything. You're like, that's like the <laughs> coolest thing on planet Earth at the minute. This this little cat that has just adopted this down and out guy is now on the red carpet for his own movie. That's just mental. <laughs> it's really, really, really bizarre, but really sweet and heartwarming. Well, I'll check out the trailer and then look for it, I guess, to hit Netflix or whatever. We rarely get the cool independent um, you know, movies to hit the theater around here. So, Well, I'm hoping, and this could be a really good way to give Neil Johnson his shout-out, that he does do a spin-off where it's Rogue Warrior, robot, street cat named Bob. <laughs> that he somehow... <laughs> Tracy Birdzall's character could somehow, the cat can find her on a planet. Right. And it's like a burning planet, because she's the hot chick on the burning planet. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. to call her. That should be on the poster. And this ginger cat somehow rescues her. Right. And then they go do a movie. So, Neil, go for it. Do that one. And then, that would, that would if, he'll, if he'll add Vanel to the mix, then there I think go. that would, yeah. Because you enjoyed the poster. And I will eventually be posting the movie online. Um, I just need to find it again. That sounds awful, but yeah. (laughs) In your archives of movies. (laughs) Well, you know how hard drives go. It's kind of like you've copied everything from one to the next and then from that one to the next. And and then suddenly it's like, wait a minute, where, what was that file called? It wasn't Dandelion Kings. It was Gorilla. But yet maybe I called it Dandelion Kings because I thought it was funny at the time. And now I, I can't spent, find it. Cause I spent about a week trying to find a two-minute clip of some uh, wonderful time-lapse footage that a wonderfully talented filmmaker shot for me at San Diego Comic-Con. And yeah. I eventually did find it. So, But it took me ages because uh, I've got a lot of footage on the hard drive. So Right, right. And but, try yeah. to remember what it was called. You know, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh! I was searching for file types and everything. I eventually tracked it down. <laughs> <laughs> it was called twenty five FPS for some reason. I ain't got a clue why. I'm guessing frames per second, but yep, where yeah, I where I worked out right. it was twenty five. I have no idea, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So we need to bring Street Cat named Bob into the Rogue Warrior world somehow go. and create this big shared universe. And Vanel can be in there. And, um, maybe she can play like the vet who helps the cat or something. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? That would, that There'll be something hurt. in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So that, that's, that's this week's quirky Neil Johnson shout out. That's right. <laughs> so street cat named Neil Johnson. In fact, that could be a way. Yeah. Could, that could be the name of the movie. 
a street car and a uh, street cat street cat named Neil. Yep. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm also plowing my way through Rise of the Tomb Raider on PS4. I'm about 45% through that, so that's very good. Yeah, I forget who posted. Maybe it was Eric posted some footage on, um, I don't know, maybe it was Instagram or whatever. But, I mean, it looks really, really good. Yeah, it is. It's very, very good. And the puzzles aren't too hard either. There's a couple of right. times when I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Oh, yeah, I've worked it out. Because <laughs> I think in the grand scheme of things, I'm not what I would call an expert video game player. So I'm not one of these going, yep, finish Gears Award, two hours. I'm not right. <laughs> that sort of person. I'm more like, yep, did it over a weekend or something. Right. Um, but I'm not terrible at it either. The combat stuff I'm pretty good at. But puzzle solving, I'm like, um, yeah, got it. How much of the how, how many sequences do you have where she's running and then, like, it'll pop up the A button, pop up the B button. X. Oh, not many, oh. not many. Oh, okay. Because that was something no. that kind of bothered me with the uh, the first reimagining. You know, like where Lara was eighteen years old or whatever. She was the younger Lara, not the older, much more buxom, uh, you know, Lara. But where it was just like suddenly, it's like, hey, it's like, what the hell? What? Oh, what? And then I die. And then it was like, then I'd get the first couple, and then it would do something crazy and then you have to pound the bumper. And uh, anyway, I was just like, wow, this is yeah, it's, this not many years of war. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> some of them where you jump onto a ledge and you don't quite make it. And you press like the square button to grab onto the ledge, but that's right. not so much a quick time thing, but there's, yeah. there's only been a couple there. There was a lot in the first one. Yeah. I remember that. So, but all in all, it's a pretty good game. So, I am enjoying that. I'm looking forward to I, lately. I guess really over the last two weeks, I've um, wanted to start playing a video game, but I I don't have anything new. I still have the 360. I don't have an Xbox One, and so I I don't know, man. I uh, I could always play Gears again or something, but um, I'm kind of in the mood to play a new video game. So Shell well, and I were looking at 4K. Um, you know, screens, right? Because she wants to have a 4K uh, TV, right? And I'm like, yeah, but if we get that, we've got to get an Xbox One. So anyway, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> it is nearly Christmas. It, best, it is, man. Best time to uh, to get one, if you're going to yeah. get one. Yeah, <laughs> it's right around the corner, man. You know, we've wrapped up Halloween. Now it's Thanksgiving. Then it'll be Christmas. Then it'll be New Year's. And then, you know... 2017, man. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, where'd the time yeah. go? Yeah. <laughs> it just flies by, man. It's like this merry-go-round that speeds up. It's making me dizzy. It's going so fast, you know? Exactly. It's going nearly as fast as your impressive wall is filling up with props. <laughs> I'm to the point where I'm having to <laughs> shuffle things a little bit. And then, um, you know, I, I created my own Star-Lord blaster. I bought a um, one of those cheap rubies. I think it was like seven dollars but it's actually more accurate um overall than the nerf blaster right uh, which i also got one of those last christmas and so you know i modified the ruby's pistol with the venting and all this other stuff and painted up and hanging on my wall well the nerf blaster's just been floating around on the floor dog drool on it and stuff like that well then i look it up uh, just to see if they had a better version of star lord's pistol you know, like by uh oh, what is it um Oh, what's it? Master Creations or something. But anyway, this group that really, uh, like, they make it accurate, right? As accurate as they can. 
And so anyway, it turns out the Nerf Blaster is a collector's item and worth about 130 to $200. <gasps> So wow. suddenly that one's on my wall. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and uh, but now I've gotten Princess Leia's uh, blaster, the one that you know she killed the poor stormtrooper with. Even though the stormtrooper's like, ah, set it to stun. And she's like, hell no, I'm gonna take every one of your asses out. So yep. anyway, I painted it black. I'm gonna put all the final touches on it um, probably after the podcast, and then I'll have to shuffle weapons again and. Um, probably move the sonic screwdriver and shuffle it, put it someplace else. It's, you know, and it, it's, this is awful for me to complain about running out of room when you still have plenty of room and I still need to send you something. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll check on that and uh, see what the post office can do. So, well, when my wage comes through, I do actually have something that I am going to send you for yours. I'm not telling you what it is, just in oh, case I change awesome, my mind. Man. And I'm like, screw it, you know what I mean? In case you but, decide to keep it for yourself, huh? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, no, I've had this thing for absolutely ages, and I've always planned, yep, when I, when I you know, when I've got the spare money, whatever, then right. that'll do. Cause, uh, yeah, but I'm not going to give you details about why I've not sent it yet, because that'll give you clues to what it is. But uh-huh. yeah, so I've, I've got something to send you for your wall. Sounds good, man. So, um, so while we're chatting memorabilia, props, etc. Yes. So your your house is starting to burn down. Oh no! And <laughs> you know your your family are out, so that's okay. That's, right. You, know, you don't have to worry about them. But you can only carry one of your wall items or oh, or memorabilia prop man. things with you, right. which which would be instantly the first one. Wow. See, that's really tough. Um. And I can't just give each kid one thing, right? And hope that it's Christmas so we have all eight plus significant others. That would increase uh, the amount carried out. Um, there's a window right beside one wall. Can I just like open the window and throw it out? <laughs> in the yard? And that's really tough, man. I um, I I really am proud of the the Star Lord pistol. That's that's kind of a cool thing, but. Oh gosh, man! My Gears of War full-size one-to-one scale Lancer. I'd really like to take that. Um, you know, and probably of all these things that I could replace on eBay, probably at a great cost. The only thing that's completely irreplaceable. Well, there's two things. One, a friend of mine uh, had did some original artwork on a cell that was. Um, oh, what is it? Um, so like Detective Squirrel and Mole something. I can't even remember the name of the, the TV show, but it's kind of a stylized piece. So, But then there's also the um, this one uh, – act- I mean like I don't know if it's the head of the staff or part of a headdress or whatever, but um, it was somehow connected to Yul Brynner in the Ten Commandments. And my dad's friend's uncle was um, was uh, directly connected to 20th Century Fox. So, it, yeah, and so anyway, so he had it and then knew that I was a movie fan. So um, in his will, it was, please send this to John Fouts and have my address. So that's Very something nice. that you can't replace. Um, so, But, you know, I mean, man, I, I, so I, I don't know, man. What about you? I would I, – I, I have a similar thing to you as well. It's like I really struggle to pick one. However, I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be the first one I ever got. Yeah. Purely because of the the impact it had when it arrived through my letterbox. And it was the signed Oliver Stone photo right. saying, good, uh, best wishes, Stuart. Good luck and work hard. 
Yeah. Because I'd written to Oliver, and this was about 12 years ago. Oliver's best friends now. I have been in the same room as him. Um, <laughs> and I wrote to him just around the time Alexander came out and was getting a bit of a hammer in. And right. I'd mentioned in this letter to a huge thing that I'd started screenwriting at the time, and he was an inspiration and all that sort of stuff. So the whole good luck and work hard part does kind of resonate. And the fact I did, and then right. I'm still doing all the movie stuff I'm doing now. So that would probably be the one I would try and save. Yeah. So, but I've got lots. I have, I've got a folder. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. What's what sort of movie stuff do you like the most? <laughs> I mean, at one point it used to be signed pictures for me, right? And I used to go to a lot of conventions and I would meet people and get signatures and all that sort of stuff. But then I've got a really affectionate thing for signed posters. Yeah. Because artwork on films is incredible. Oh, I've got so that's... many signed posters and not enough space to put them up. Right. So I've branched away from photos, which I do still get now and again, right. to uh, poster artwork. So have you got a preference for stuff like that? I mean, I noticed on your uh, picture, which I'm sure Tracy loved the pictures of the walls. I'm right. very envious looking which at Which Tracy like, said oh, that she was going to post some pictures of her uh, her wall. and. I don't. Didn't happen, did it? She's just, she's yeah. ah, terrible. She, she says she's a professional <laughs> and just neglects her fans. What's all that about? We, I shall unfollow her immediately after finishing this podcast. Well, I appreciated her props on on all my wall coverage. That was nice. I was That's really good. interested to see what the female version, the the you know the the female cave, if you will, looked like in comparison to the man cave. And uh, or I guess that'd be the woman cave. But anyway, uh, but going back to your question, I think I love sci-fi pistols the most, yeah. and uh, and any kind of sci-fi weaponry. I mean, lightsabers, uh, rifles, whatever. And um, Ruby's really has some cool, cheap. I mean, like Princess Leia's blaster was like seven bucks, and so you know I sanded it yesterday, painted it black. And now I'm going to put, you know, like uh, some worn places where the gun metal is showing through or whatever, you know, just kind of make it look weathered and then I'll hang it on the wall. And I used to like getting the uh, resin pistols, which are just harder to find. But I mean, you know, some of the stuff that I've collected, uh, Blade Runner pistol, which I still I want to create my own. The Adam Savage is such a, um, you know, he does tested. Uh, I think it's a YouTube thing or whatever. But anyway, this guy has the same passion for sci-fi weaponry as I do, except he's in a place of prominence. So he can actually go and see the original Blade Runner pistol, right? And he's made one that is the closest replica that he, he could, right? And um, so here he is. I'm watching this video and... It just anyway, I I get why he had he was just like a kid when he was you know like okay you're bringing it out and the guy who owns it has it all wrapped up and he he unfolds it and it is just like the holy grail man we found it you know and nice. so I would love to have a better version of Deckard's pistol um, you know and then some some of the sci-fi stuff that some of Wall have made out of whatever water guns or I've cannibalized other. Um, you know, things and kind of created my own pistols or whatever. But, uh, but I, I'd say overall it's sci-fi weaponry. So when I finally um, got the, um, the pistol from Farscape, which that was kind of difficult to find because they were everywhere and then they were nowhere. So I found that at a comic convention. And um, 
so anyway, that was kind of cool hanging that on my wall. And uh, there's Deckard's gun and then multiple versions of the blaster that Han Solo had. And I'd still would like to get one as close to the original as possible. But then watching, um, you know, again, uh, watching the guy from Tested uh, talk about, you know, there were so many different versions of the pistol, even in a single movie. Um, like I didn't know it was a different pistol that killed Greedo versus was in the rest of the movie just because they wrapped filming, went back to LA, shot the whole Greedo scene. And so they didn't even have the original prop. Why the hell not, man? I keep everything <laughs> from every movie, you know, that I have a whole bucket out there in the storage that, you know, are props and wardrobe from different movies that I've directed or been a part of. So you need anyway. to uh, break into Skywalker ranch and just have a quick look around. Oh, I would love to. That was on one of the Blu-rays where, um, you know, it's like behind the scenes and well-lit barn. And, oh, man, just going around and looking at everything that's probably under glass or in a a crate full time. But, oh, that would be nice. If I could just get that invite, yeah? My audio has been mixed at Skywalker, meaning my voice for a commercial. That's as close to Skywalker Ranch as I've ever been, so... I'm trying to think because it's always a fun thing. You go, what is the closest I've got to such and such? Right. Um, I met Galen Hurd. That's probably my Terminator. Nice. I also met Michael Bean as well. So that's like two, right. two Terminator things, two Terminator right. connections. So, but yeah, I'm trying to think of my Star Wars. Well, I've met a lot of people who I met the guy who made all the props. I'm not all the props, but made a lot of the props for the Star Wars right. movies. A guy called Brian Moore. Yeah. Who, I did a Q and A panel for him at the Wales thing. It was just me and him. Right. Just sat behind his desk in front of a big audience. I just chatted to him for an hour. And yeah. it was amazing. It was my favorite panel of the day because it was so intimate. It was just me having a conversation with him. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, I didn't have to faint and make sure everybody got a question asked or whatever. I just sat and spoke to him. So, <laughs> so. But it's fun. So have you got a lightsaber? Yeah, but it's, you know, I mean, like um... – Back before, and this is just me reminiscing, but back before Kenner made lightsabers, right? Then I would take flashlights. This is back in 77 when I was a kid. And there was something called a golf tube, which is a semi-transparent tube that um, you would put into your golf bag so your clubs didn't, you know, like beat each other up or something. I don't know. Uh, I never really was into golf, but I sure was into the golf tubes because then I would take a red plate or a blue plate or a or green plate, whatever, like plastic wear. And I would cut it out and I would put it into the flashlight, like, you know, right there where the, um, the plastic clear plastic lens would be. And then I would attach the golf tube and then I would have a lightsaber. I'd run around outside in the dark. And then at one point I put a plastic mirror over the tip. So I, it would be more evenly illuminated. And then I would, become you know luke or or whoever and just run around and fight stormtroopers it was fun man um and then later on uh with matt and emily we actually made our own hilt out of um you know and each one you know matt and emily both got to make theirs based upon whatever they wanted on there and it was all out of pvc piping uh, like matt had a golf ball glued to the end of his and then emily had some <laughs> like some tacks and stuff put on there and then we would spray paint them up and um, so it was fun. And then, of course, the blade itself was PVC. So we could actually, you know, not try to you know hurt each other. But I mean, you know, like we could actually hit 
uh, blades as hard as we wanted to. And then, of course, Kenner eventually came out with lightsabers. And um, and then there were your really good ones. And then there were your crappy knockoffs, right? The ones you'd get at Walmart. And I still remember a friend of mine coming over and he challenged me to a lightsaber duel, which is kind of dumb, but all right, whatever. And so he was like, oh, I get Darth Mauls. And that way he has two blades. And anyway, I had uh, one of the nicer Obi-Wan Kenobi with the like the the blade was a lot more rigid, right? Not so fragile. And um, so anyway, within he blocked me twice. And then I just came down with a strike right towards his head. <laughs> and then he tried to block and the blade broke and I smacked him across the face and they didn't want to play anymore. That's an oh. adult. That's a, you know, that was after <laughs> I had kids. So but it, anyway, so. Going back to the lightsaber collection, I mean, like I have uh, Qui Gon Jinn's only because it came with some sort of Yoda um, thing where it was, or maybe it wasn't Yoda. Maybe that was the uh, the droid that would shoot darts, and you were supposed to uh, block them. I can't remember. I've gotten a few that were just a part of a, an additional set, but to me, looked better than the bigger, thicker, clunkier ones, which were you know, just bigger than what they were in the movie because you have to have this blade that'll fall out and, you know, multi-section and all that stuff. So, and then I do have a couple that were made by master replicas that, um, you know, like one of the original ones that they had of, uh, Luke Skywalker's, uh, lightsaber back when it was like 200 bucks. Now you can get them for like a hundred. So, yeah, but yeah, lightsabers are cool. How about you? Um, I mean, I've, I haven't got any, props as such the only prop i did have which wasn't it was uh, 150 quid this thing so probably about 250 dollars and it was one of the gold one rings from lord of the rings oh cool but it uh, it got nicked from my house at some no point way. So it's like it just disappears in a nice collector's box and everything but gone wow but props props i've never really gone in for i have a lot of signed books yeah. From people I've met, Ingrid Pitt and the guy who played Jaws, Richard Keel, and stuff like right. that. So I have a lot of signed books, a lot of signed posters, signed photographs and stuff. But I've never really gone into the whole prop thing. I think a lot of that's because I wouldn't want to just put it in a box. I would love a room the size of the one that you've got to be able to display things on the wall. And I've signed right. DVDs and stuff like that. But yeah. I've never really gone for the whole prop thing. Yeah. So, which is... Kind of a shame, but I just don't have the, the place to uh, display them. Yeah. Well, I used to have a lot more action figures out, and then that became limited when we moved into this house because I used to have an entire finished basement for whatever I wanted to you know, have out and about. I still need to find some pictures of the way that was laid out. But, um, but yeah, it's – I don't know. I, I still haven't figured out how to um, display my Gears of War Lancer. It's just so huge, and I – don't I mean like I could find the studs in the wall and put almost like those big hooks like you would hang a bike on, um, but I don't know, man. So you know, there's some things that are just kind of difficult. And then when Jake and I watched an American Wolf in London the other day, and um, I said something like, "I would love to have you know like a life size cast of the wolf." And yep. hell, man, I would take my desk out of the room for that. You know, I would just <laughs> I would start working, you know, laptop on my lap. You know, I, I so that would be kind of cool. Of course, you know, the grandkids, whenever they do happen to arrive, uh, yeah, I don't know how they would feel about the big werewolf in the corner. Uh, I think they may have some questions for you. Yeah. So when people go into your your room, 
Uh-huh. Which is the one thing that they instantly recognise? Is there one? Or do you have to generally go around and go, that's from this film, that's from that film, that's from another film? You know, I mean, like, um, sometimes when the kids bring their friends over and they just go into the the office, I now call it a lounge, but, I mean, they'll go in there and they're kind of stupefied by all the stuff. And um, so then to kind of break the ice and get them mobile again, I'll be like, all right, so do you recognize this pistol? Do you recognize this, this, what is this device? You know, but I mean, you know, it's uh, Eric DeBell came over. He's a internationally known magician and he's been on the podcast a few times. So he's a big doctor who fan. So as soon as he came into my office and you've seen the array of, of stuff, um, yes. He went right to the sonic screwdriver and said, may I please take this down and play with it, which that's fine. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then so there's uh, been some other people who uh, didn't know Winona, the pistol that uh, Ben Browder had from Farscape. He actually named it in the show. And yeah. um, so there's like, yeah, I don't recognize that. And then the original Battlestar Galactica pistol. Nice. Uh, yeah, and, and people look at that and they're like going, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. And then I said, that's Battlestar Galactica. And they're familiar with the, you know, the reimagining of Galactica, which used more or less 9mm pistols we're familiar with. And um, But, you know, I mean, I, some people gravitate towards the lightsabers. They like Darth Maul's hanging up there. Um, very, It's sad how, many, how few people recognize the Blade Runner um, pistol. But it's there. And then I have this one little gun that used to be a um, water gun when I was a little kid. And I replaced the trigger with this piece of metal that just looked like a better trigger, right? And then I spray painted the thing black and then did this metallic finish to it, right? And so and people are like, ah, that's the noisy cricket. And I was like, <laughs> no, but could be. You know, so it's, it's interesting. And then, uh, you know, the comic book fans, they tend to gravitate towards the whole wall of uh, collectible figures. And so I, I'd still, one of these days, if money was absolutely, uh, it just didn't matter. They make a $5,500 full-size R2-D2 that lights up. And wow. C-3PO, I think, is only like a grand more. And uh, it, to be that decadent and have C-3PO and R2-D2 in my office, that'd be pretty sweet. So check out John's Kickstarter, which is launching <laughs> in about an hour after this podcast. If I thought people would say yes. It's like, have you seen all the um, the the 3D printed memorabilia? You know, like if you want to build Han Solo's pistol, you can – you download these files. You 3D print them and you glue them together and then you can fill the gaps if you want or whatever. People have even built a full-size Gears of War Lancer that you can 3D print. I have no idea how many pieces that is, but it intrigued me. I have probably um, 200 megabytes worth of 3D printable files, and I don't have a 3D printer. So I told Jake, whenever we do our Kickstarter for Waxing Cinematic, it's for cameras, it's for, you know, lights – but it's got to be for the best 3D printer on the market. And that <laughs> exactly. will become my new segment. Shit that John has printed, you know, and yep. I'll, I'll be able to see the the guns. And hey, you know what? If I can get a good 3D app, I will start creating my own um, objects and putting them out there for people to, to download and, and print and have some fun with. So Hell yes. 
Yep. So here's a question for you as well, and it isn't a trick question, and I'll answer it for myself as well yep. once you've done. But you've got your man cave, you've got all the weapons and props and stuff on the wall. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? <laughs> Why do you enjoy hovering that wall? Um, yeah, it is a conversation starter, and when I used to have clients come over, um, it would wow them and cause cause me and my ability and whatever whatever man i would be permanently laser etched in their mind and then they would go home and they go back to their office or whatever and then they would tweet at me or 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 take pictures while they were here or whatever so it was kind of a cool promotion two i've always enjoyed making things and by hand too uh you know i i enjoy doing 3d modeling but that's all on screen. There's no tactile, uh, you know, there's, I can't reach in and really grab it. And, and, you know, I mean, like I can rotate it with my mouse, but that's not really what I'm after. So, um, I've done some woodworking, I've done some, uh, molding stuff like that. So, you know, even if it's something as simple as, you know, me getting, um, a broken down kit, uh, to make Deckard's gun, right. Um, it just, I enjoy it. So then I get to show it off kind of like, you know, as a kid, I had dinosaur models that I would build. I had car models that I would build. And of course the car models eventually, um, would make it into my little short films when I was in, you know, high school where I would set them on fire or whatever. But, um, but it's just, just, it's just fun. I think it's kind of cool to, uh, most of my friends are into movies. So when they come over, then they, see a pistol that means something to them and you know it's uh qui-gon jen's lightsaber and they can pull it off the wall and um you know i've added some weight so that maybe it's more like a lightsaber i don't know but um so anyway but it's i think it's kind of cool going down memory lane with people and you know they will say hey i recognize that's jane's gun from firefly and serenity that's really cool that you have that up there and you modified you know, the kit so that it would be even more like Jane's pistol with venting and stuff like that. So I don't know, man. So I I guess that's, that's kind of why, uh, you know, at times I'll admit, I, you know, will grab one of those pistols, run around the house, kill a bunch of (laughs) guys and put it back up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just imagine a burglar knocking on your door and you come at them with like a Gears of War Lancer or something. Like, That's what? It. Chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I think for me, it's a kind of a confidence thing mm-hmm. because it's everybody goes through life sometimes and you're like, oh, you know, I mean, now I'm going to be working from Monday. But previously, it's like, well, no income. Right. No job. Need to right. find a house. Right. Not really got that much of a big social circle. Oh, life's depressing. <laughs> but if I look at the wall and go, yeah, that says uh, two Stewart from Oliver Stone or two right. Stewart best wishes from John Carpenter or, you know, or memory lane, like I've got a signed Rogue Warrior poster with right. a bunch of the cast. Tracy signed it. Neil signed it. And you, you go, oh, yeah, that time at Comic-Con and it was great. And then we, we shot mm-hmm. like an hour long interview and you go, maybe life isn't as dull as I thought it was at this moment in time. And it is, for me, it's a reminder of memories, I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, know I'm, looking... I'm, I'm with you there too. Um, Cause you know, like the Farscape pistol that was collected the first comic convention that I went to with Michelle and the kids. So it, it can kind of take me back. Sometimes it takes me back to my childhood and watching a movie, but then sometimes it is more, um, you know, about a good time. You know, we, we went somewhere and found something that, you know, we weren't expecting. So, 
I mean, I would love to. Uh, my childhood was not exactly the best, but it was not yeah. exactly the worst either. But I was a, very much a loner when I was a child. Right. And to to be able to go back to, and sit down next to him and go, by the way, in twenty years, you know that Star Wars film you just watched? You'll be sitting having an hour long conversation with the guy who designed <laughs> Darth Vader's helmet. Right. Like, get out of it. Or <laughs> Superman <laughs> Two. Do you know Ursa? You know General Zod's. Yeah. Woman. yeah, yeah. She'll she'll send you a Christmas card one day. Like, Get out of it! No way. So it's things like that that just blow my mind from yeah. from geek points of view. And I was chatting to Craig Conway, who's he's been in like Dog Soldiers and the Descent and stuff. And I shot probably about an hour's worth of interview with him. Mm-hmm. And I was chatting to him, and he he was I said, just don't ever lose the film geek part of you. Right. Don't ever do it. And he's yeah. like, never do. And I'm like, I don't never want to lose that either. Right. I would hate to become one of these film reviewers who go, oh, well, the cinematography in this scene was a little bit off. Or, the, right. you know, that type. I, I love movies. I yeah. love everything about movies. I'm rereading books about Disney at the minute. And I've got signed things everywhere. And we're doing the movie podcast and talking about blasters. And <laughs> so that's right. just my comfort zone, I think. Yeah. And the wall kind of reminds me that it's, it's <laughs> oh yeah that time you know I'm looking now at my movie wall and there is the picture of Richard Keel who's no longer with us unfortunately but there was a picture there two Stuart hi Richard Jaws and I'm like that was cool <laughs> such a nice guy no longer with us but yeah. you've, I've got the memories of it that is so that's cool good. man yeah so I just need more frames. I need more walls to hang them onto because I've got a folder. <laughs> I've got the signed Marlon Brando pictures and you know Woody Harrelson from Natural Born Killers and right. all this sort of stuff, but they're just they're in a folder. I need to get them all out. <laughs> so I'm not going to compete with your wall. I think we've got very different memorabilia walls. Yours is more prop orientated with some seriously cool posters. I might add, right? <laughs> whereas mine's more the smaller signed pictures and stuff. So. Yeah, but after a while, you you do run out of space, and then you have to make that decision. All right, how do I either make this fit, or um, what am I going to take down? And so, you know, and if I'll I'll try to take a close-up picture of uh, one of the pistols and show you how many extra holes are in the wall that I never spackled. It's like I make these little pegs that have – I round the the tip of the pe- it's like a dowel that I've cut down into like I guess I don't know one and a half to two inch uh, long pieces and then I'll drill a hole, put a nail in there, and then that way the presentation seems a little bit fancier or whatever. But man, it's like when I discovered the value of the uh, Star Lord Nerf gun, then I was like, wow, okay, so I'm gonna have to slide this up and over and this and that, and I just pull it out like it's push pins into a cork board. I'm very, I, I, I don't really care about the wall. I'll eventually have to paint it when we move uh, and fill in all those little holes. But yeah, I feel like a kid again. Cause I remember um, all the posters that were on my walls as a kid and I would pull one down, put another one up and there were all these holes. I used to drive my dad crazy. My dad be like, okay, so can you just replace this poster with another and use the same holes? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your favorite posters that you had on walls when you were a kid? Oh, let's see here. Um, uh, <laughs> Heather Thomas. I don't know if you know <laughs> yeah. who that actress is, but yep. uh, yeah, there were. I think I had three of her, three of her posters, and then Farrah Fawcett, yep. and then I had uh, Frazetta artwork and uh, Vallejo artwork. 
So they were either half naked ladies <laughs> or they were half naked ladies, just as photographs or paintings. But yeah, it's, uh, I remember one year I asked for, um, a calendar, a Vallejo calendar. And, uh, anyway, my mom just blindly ordered it, right? We actually had a bookstore in town. We don't anymore. So, uh, but anyway, she just blindly ordered it and the lady at the counter never questioned like, okay, you know, there's going to be nudity in this, right? So anyway, my mom opened it up and she was like, oh my God, there's topless women. And she's flipping through the pages. So she took sticky notes, cut them down the size, <laughs> covered up all the juicy bits, right? hilarious and uh of course and then she said okay i know you're gonna pull all these off just put it on the back of your door so i don't have to look at it so anyway it's funny but <laughs> so then you spent a lot more time in your bedroom <laughs> dude i was already there <laughs> it's funny like i had uh so many star wars action figures um and one of these days i need to pull those out and take some pictures some somebody might find that interesting but man i was always playing on my own and i had a tree house so sometimes i'd climb up there and have adventures and um, you know, periodically I'd have friends over, but I, man, I had so many, um, you know, figures I'd go on it. I'd have adventures right there in my room. And, uh, my sister for a while, she collected some star Wars figures and then we would, you know, have adventures together. But yeah, man, I always entertained myself. And I think that it kind of helped me with my writing and that I could keep so many characters, uh, having unique voices, going with different scenarios and story arcs and stuff. And I, once my kids got old enough, I got back into playing, um, you know, with action figures and, and having these different adventures and cliffhangers and, you know, all that stuff. So anyway, I think all that has helped me with my writing and, and having unique characters and, you know, kind of keeping it all straight. So they're, they're not a whole bunch of vanilla swearing, um, chain smokers, you know what I mean? They actually <laughs> are unique. <laughs> they're not like Tarantino villains where everybody sounds like they're you know, reading out Quentin dialogue. Exactly. Because I, I yeah. have a feeling that Quentin would be one of those people that, you know, it's like, do not bastardize what I have written. It is Shakespeare. You know, I will beat you with my footlong dildo if you do not tell it exactly, if you don't relate it exactly the way I've written it, so. Because I, 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 I heard that story that he was chasing Uma Thurman around with a foot-long dildo and, and smacking her on the butt. It's like, okay. I, it's Tarantino. <laughs> what do you expect, man? Come on. Exactly. <laughs> it's staring at her feet the entire time probably, isn't it? <laughs> well, and it's funny. I mean, anyone who, who talk about keeping props from movies, um, supposedly he has the pussy wagon parked in front of his house so that everybody could be offended by the fact that it says pussy wagon. And wow. uh, so, you know, I'm like, that's, that's all right. It's <laughs> Unless you're one of his neighbors. I'm right. Sick of that. Right. <laughs> all you hear is seventies music blaring out of his house 24 right. hours a day. And, and some probably classic Kung Fu movies. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably. So what have you got planned for your coming week? Oh, me. Other than your logo designing. <laughs> yeah, which hopefully I'll wrap that up this morning. My uh, cousin lives in Beverly Hills, so she's three hours behind me. So she may not even be up. I don't know when she gets up and has her you know, coffee and breakfast and stuff. So other than that, we're going to a place called Lazy Five Ranch tomorrow with as many kids as want to come along. And you get into this like big, long buckboard kind of looking thing. And they take you through um, the park. And 
you know, like ostriches run free, zebras, all this other stuff. Now, the rhino, that's in a different paddock, and you go by, and you can see them if they're out, and same thing with the lions and whatever. So the the beasts are appropriately restrained, but then you get to pull up beside the giraffe, and then uh, they give you food, and you can feed the giraffe. And if you've never fed a giraffe, they have these long, I think they're purple tongues, but I mean, they're like... Uh, I don't know. Like they make Gene Simmons say, "Damn, that's a long tongue." So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but they were, and it's kind of like a, a elephant trunk. The way it kind of grabs up food. So anyway, not that the audience needed to know all that, but that's what we'll be doing tomorrow, and then probably Sunday, just being lazy, watching TV, and just kind of having a, a complete day off. Sounds like. So a what about you? Pretty similar to me. I'm going to get a little bit more editing done this afternoon. Yeah. I'm going to sit and watch the rough cut that I've done already and sit there with a pen and a piece of paper and go, yep, I need a bit here, I need a bit there. Cut right. this out, cut that out. And Saturday, some more video editing. Sunday will be a quiet day because Annette is off. And Monday I start work. So Wow, man. That should be fun, but it's it's the first week of a new job, which they always suck. Right. Because you don't know what you're doing, you feel really stupid, you're exhausted, your brain hurts and stuff. But that's mm-hmm. the first week of any job ever. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to get through that first week. But I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's be nice. good. Because it doesn't so. matter how well you know what you're supposed to be doing. You're right, man. That first week, you were so afraid of messing up badly, you know? And I mean, yeah. like, I've been editing god for more than a decade and um i'm still when i go to a new company and do editing for them um especially if it's broadcast television or whatever and yeah i'm just like i get so keyed up which is stupid my friends are working with me if i make a mistake they're gonna say hey you know what? that's the wrong color gamut you need to tighten that edit up or whatever I'm not going to get reamed or, you know, like beaten or with a wet cane, no. but yet you feel that pressure on you. Like I cannot fail the fate of the world. So yeah, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so that's my week, but it'll be, it'll last five days and then I can have a weekend off next week and just yeah. rest and go back in and stuff. So as much as I'm like, no, it's the first week. I know that I'm going to be fine and it'll be all okay and stuff. So yeah. Um, it's just been, it's a really busy past couple of weeks shuffling around a lot of the film stuff I do and working out, right, so I go to work, come home, when do I check my emails, when do I do the website right. articles, when do I do the <laughs> podcast sharing and all that type of stuff. So that's been a lot of work, but uh, yeah. but it's fun. It'll be nice to actually get an income, oh, which will yeah. be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so. People think that uh, making movies and doing freelance uh, illustration, uh, voiceover, whatever, they think, man, you're living the dream. You know what? It's fun and it's nice being able to kind of call your hours. But on the other hand, when you have a slow month and you're just like, damn, I want a job, you know, I want that 40 hours a week. I really do. So, you know, there's there's times where that would be a really nice vacation. So, yeah, I mean, I was talking to somebody else and they they do similar creative things to me. And Mm -hmm. I said, what you need to do is you you just go get a full time job. And he went, yeah, but it'll it'll interfere with the other stuff I do. It's like, yeah, but. (laughs) And I get that, but the other right. stuff you do doesn't pay your bills. It doesn't right. give you money. And right. I love what I do. I love podcasting, and I love getting uh, screen films sent through to watch and review, and I love interacting with filmmakers. And mm-hmm. uh, But it doesn't pay me anything. It doesn't enable me to go, right, next year I'm going to go to San Diego Comic-Con. Right. 
Yeah. I'll start saving up now. Luckily, I was able to go because I'd saved up previously, but it doesn't enable me to do things. So there's only so long you can run on fumes mm-hmm. before you think, well, I'm going to have to quit because I can't afford to do anything right. whatsoever. <laughs> it's and been weeks since I bought a DVD or a Blu-ray because right. I've been working through the screeners. I've had to turn down several events to go to because, nope, just don't have the money to go there. So right. now it's time to go get a job and get income. And that way maybe you can go and look at your wall of fame and actually yeah. just be like, yes, versus – Okay, I need a pick-me-up. What is it? Ah, it's Oliver Stone's thing. You know what I mean? Instead of yeah, like exactly. me running around with the lightsaber making swishy noises. You know what I mean? <laughs> you you yeah. need those pick-me-ups. But yeah, man, there's there's something about um, you know that income that uh, that uh, I think it was Vanell posted the other day on Twitter. She said, paying bills makes me happy because I haven't always been able to pay my bills. And yeah. I agree. So, yeah. Definitely. But so I've got fun times ahead. Yeah, man. And we'll work in the podcast uh, thing around your schedule because at this point, yeah, I'm still I mean, flexible. So. There, there is a lot. I mean, I know I'm shuffling most of the stuff into a Sunday. However, I get back home UK time about half six in the evening, right. which is a lot earlier in the daytime for yourself. Right. So if right. there is one day of the week where you go, well, I'm free from two o'clock onwards, then yeah. we'll just do it then. So. But I've I've not told a lot of other people. I've had people going, yeah, we can podcast on a Monday. And I think I don't mind that as a one-off. Right. But sun- Sunday will be my main media day. Yeah. And then the other evenings in the week will be like, well, I can't do it then, so I'll do it now. <laughs> right. So it's, uh, yeah, we'll definitely work it. Because Annette said to me last night, she went, don't stop podcasting with John. I went, I have no intention of stopping podcasting with John. <laughs> I'm not going to happen. I really enjoy doing it. So it's good. Yeah, man. Me so, yeah. too. Me too. And Hell in fact, yeah. you know, um, and I know we're wrapping things up, but on the other hand, I did. I still have a list of the most iconic um, guns, weapons, mask from uh, movies. Like if you just see it anywhere, you know what it is. You know. Well, I I started, but I kind of got stuck. I ended up with a list of about two, right. and I ended up with a Star Wars lightsaber, right? Which is something that anybody recognizes, right? And not so much a weapon, but it's a Star Trek communicator badge. Oh, yeah. Which anybody sees that logo and they go, I know what that's from. Right. And they, they get that one. Right. So what have you got on your list? Because well, I'm curious. It was funny because this kind of was inspired the other day when between you and – oh, my gosh. I can't remember the um, – oh, I can't remember. The guy uh, writes for Entertainment Weekly periodically. But anyway um, – you know, it's like I took a picture of me watching TV, right? So I have a pair of checkered bands. I had them when I was – I mean I had a pair when I was in high school. And it wasn't necessarily a Spicoli thing. It was more or less like no one else has these. And so I would wear my uh, checkered vans. Um, and I had camouflage pants that were secondhand. Oh my God. It, I probably looked like a hobo half the time, but anyway, that's just, I, that's, I wanted to be comfortable at school. Right. So anyway, um, when Michelle and I were down at the beach last, I found them on sale in my size, which I wear a size 12, which is evidently a very popular size in America. So anyway, um, but so they don't need to put them on sale. They sell like crazy. So anyway, found them on sale and bought them and very comfortable. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and my picture is from my point of view and I'm, my Spicoli shoes are in the frame as well as my wall of wonder, right? 
And of course, there's one buddy of mine that started quoting Spicoli. That was on Facebook. He, you know, because he got the shoes. The other guy who writes for Entertainment Weekly um, saw one of the uh, the Han Solo blasters and said, "That's what I want." So it's interesting how different people will see things, and that's their iconic "I want." You know, the number one on their want list. And yep. um, but everybody has a different one. But you know, so I think Spicoli's checkered vans. I think they're pretty iconic, and um, although Kevin Smith has had a pair, and I think so, people who didn't know Fast Times at Ridgemont High probably, you know, kind of knew the the you know Kevin Smith side of the checkered vans. Um, you can't see a fedora without thinking of Indiana Jones. It does. <laughs> that was one that nearly went on my right. list. Actually, I'm like, would I go for the Indy Hart? Yeah. yeah. And um, to me, Deckard's Blade Runner pistol, the 2019 blaster. That's iconic to me, but very few people remember Blade Runner and remember the gun, yeah. stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you, you can't help but uh, it's either like you see a crossbow and you either think Daryl or Chewbacca, you know, even though it's not technically a bowcaster with the big balls and you know, all that. But uh, there's just I certain- think people would probably go for Daryl, I think, nowadays, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yep. And who knows? Maybe um, – you know, after episode eight comes out or whatever, and you know, Chewie again, because damn, in episode seven, his bowcaster was like uh, firing magnum rounds. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was and, like a raw PG, wasn't it? It yeah. was awesome, man. When you see a stormtrooper take a hit and then he flips backwards and lands face down, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want, man. It's cumbersome. And yet, I want one because I don't see Hans Blaster flipping people over around like that, you know? Nope. So, nope. yeah. But um, what else, man? Like, uh, the Gears of War Lancer, for anyone who has ever played Gears of War, but I don't know how relevant that is to the masses, you know? But um, probably everybody would recognize uh, the adamantium claws of Wolverine. Oh, yeah, definitely. Pretty iconic. Same with the Freddy Krueger claws from Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Exactly, man. Exactly. That was on my list. Ghostbusters, uh, the power pack things, uh, Mm -hmm. proton power pack, whatever you call them. Um, Those are pretty iconic. I think most people would recognize that as well as the hearse, you know, because I I don't (laughs) see that. I mean, those are classic style now, but I mean, you know, like they're old and, uh, you know, probably retired, but. I don't see one of those without thinking Ghostbusters, even though no, it's black yeah. and has a dead body in the in the the trunk. So, or the boot, I guess for our uh, in- English listeners. But yes. um, but you know, mask wise, you have Jason with the hockey mask, Michael uh, Myers with his Captain Kirk mask. Exactly, man, yeah, yeah. just iconic. Yeah. And then the Predator mask. That's another thing that people will gravitate towards. And some of the people who are really into Predator, they'll be like, oh, that was. That was Alien versus Predator. That's the original Predator. That's the blah, 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 you know. And I actually retired one of my uh, Predator masks just because it was in the way of something else I wanted to put up. But Predator, uh, Stormtrooper, and Darth Vader. Both yeah, of- Star-, Star Wars is just littered with recognizable things. Yeah. The whole film's just instantly recognizable. Yeah. Which I think in part is due to the fact that they would actually – urban legend or not they would go to the junkyard and find a whole bunch of crap and say hey wouldn't it be cool if you put these things together and then you had this helmet and i think it was luke uh not luke skywalker mark hamill sorry i get confused sometimes but anyway i think it was mark hamill that said that in some safe somewhere not his house 
um, is the stormtrooper mask that he wore in, uh, you know, a new hope. And he said, it's in different pieces because they would just fall apart, you know, but yet he still has the original. So, um, but yeah, man, it's just, it's, it's cool when you have iconic things that just take you back to movies. If you enjoy them the way we do. So, yeah, I think we enjoy them. I don't think we enjoy them more than most, but I think we enjoy them more than a lot of people. I think. Yeah. I, I, listen to a lot of podcasts and some specialist movie ones who go oh i've watched 90 films this year you're like really (laughs) i'd watch like 90 films by march i'm on 249 i think i'm on at the minute which is less than i normally watch i usually close out on about 350 right um so i'll probably close out about 300 i think this year but a lot of people don't watch anywhere near that amount of films because they have lives right so it's you know yeah and you know some people prefer uh tv series versus um you know going to uh the movie theater or even just watching a blu-ray or or dvd or netflix or something they would rather have that um you know they'd rather just you know watch one episode after another and spend all day complete a series and then they're done from uh, being entertained for weeks you know and then they'll go see a movie and then they're good to go for a while man i i enjoy tv and i enjoy movies and i enjoy music so you know whether my it's just my ears or whether all my senses are being entertained i i love entertainment well, I've got now the painstaking process of having to go through all these 240-odd movies so far and try to put together the best of the year show. Yeah. Which is that, that tradition for podcasting and websites where they go, what are the best films I've seen this year? So right. I shall send you a list of the categories yeah. and um, see which ones you want to do stuff for. And we'll we'll uh, okay. slowly start prepping the end of the year show for December at some point. Sounds good, man. Are you going to have one category that is uh, a movie that you saw as a kid and it's still held up? No, I mean, generally the ones that I do tend to cover are some podcasters will, I know Stu Miller does it and he said, well, in order to be on the best films of the year, it needs to have come out this time and well, that's be a, released. That's I'm like, one. no. I said for me, for me generally, it's as long as I've seen it for the first time this year, right? Then it can go on the list. So if I'd never seen The Wizard of Oz before and mm-hmm. I watched it this year, then that's one of my favorite films I've seen this year. So oh, that's cool, I don't man. tend to I don't tend to penalize things because I neglected to watch it, <laughs> right? So I have some TV categories and some movie categories and you know best video game categories and worst right. video game categories and all that sort of stuff. So. There's not a lot of categories, but I have maybe 10, so I shall send those through to you Sounds by good, email man. and just have a nosy and, and see what appeals. But they're always fun doing end-of-year shows. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jake and I did one last year. We may have done one the year before, but yeah, man, they're fun because um, there are movies um, like Eddie the Eagle that they, even though that came out, what was it, February – or March, I yeah. can't remember. Still, no one has dethroned that as my personal feel-good movie for the year. Um, and so, you know, I'll definitely be talking about that. But then um, there's a movie called Extreme Prejudice that has Powers Booth, Nick Nolte, and oh, Ronnie- Michael Ironside. Yeah, oh, from from 1986. I love that movie. Man, Ironside looks so young. It was. It I mean, it's just like what. And then you have. <laughs> And I can never remember the actor's name, but you know he was in uh, Highlander as well as he's the voice for Mr. Krabs. But anyway, and he's a young guy. I'm like, what? Yeah. Was it yep. really that long ago? But that movie held up. 
I was that was thirty years ago, John. Thirty <laughs> years ago, that film, <laughs> and that was probably the last time I saw it. And then I have it on uh, DVD. And yeah, man, I mean, like I, I just on a whim one day, I was like, you know what? I think this is a good afternoon to watch Extreme Prejudice. And I was not disappointed. Michael Ironside is, if not the top of my list for film people I'd love to sit down and chat to for an hour. Yeah. Because he's awesome and such a nice guy as well, apparently. Oh, so, really? Oh, that's cool, yeah. man. Yeah. So he's like, a lot of people go, who? <laughs> you've got to right. explain who these people are, and you go, oh, come on. So many of these people, you've seen them in so many different movies, like Stormship Troop, or, uh, yeah, Starship Troopers, where you know he was the teacher that had lost his hand, right? And he didn't mind going out as a private or whatever to fight the bugs and all that stuff. Man, he has been in so many different movies, uh, and people recognize him, but yet don't remember his name at all. It's kind of like the guy who does the voice for Mr. Krabs. I don't Clancy know why. Brown. Yes! Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's just too close to an author. You know what I mean? I don't know why. <laughs> Tom, Tom Clancy, bro. Yeah, yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the Hunt for Red Mr. Krabs. That's right. Yep. <laughs> that, right. That would work. The Hunt for Mr. Krabs. That would probably work. <laughs> probably. I don't know what genre that would fit in, but it, it may not uh, be contained in an R rating. I don't know. So <laughs> Let's get the guy who was going to direct Deadpool, to, <laughs> All right. and he can do it. That's right. Either that or so Edgar Wright. Go. Show us what you can do with... Uh, oh, just... Edgar's going to be too busy doing Deadpool 2. We will make it happen. <laughs> if we keep sending that message out to everyone, maybe, you know. I maybe. We don't even need credit, man. I just want to be entertained by Deadpool 2, so... You just want to get a set visit. Just sit there. Sit in Video Village and just... Dude, that would rock too, man. That was yep. like, and I'll leave you after this, but it's like uh, Ryan Reynolds posted a picture, I think it was right around Halloween, of uh, him in one of the like uh, the one of the first Deadpool masks. It wasn't the one that they eventually used, so therefore it looked like it was uh, cheaper. And um, but I didn't. I was just like spinning through it, just whatever picture caught my eye, and then Deadpool, and I was like, oh my god, where did he get that mask? And then, you know, I scroll up just a little, and of course it's Ryan Reynolds. Well, no shit. No, that's how he got the best Deadpool mask ever. Because so. every, everything else falls short. Yeah. So I'm sure he, he has all of them. <laughs> Probably does. Yeah. 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 But, yep, on that note, I shall leave you to go do your work. <laughs> there you go, man. I shall go and have some food I hear you, work, man. work out what to watch I've, I'm all out of designated survivor episodes now I'm quite lost so I don't know what to watch so I may try and uh, find another show now you know there's uh, something called naked survivor that I heard about at Jake's <laughs> bonfire and everybody said that's really good so maybe that's something you should check out I don't know if you want to watch naked survivor while eating but yeah. <laughs> no, I may I may investigate a trailer of sorts and see what sort of show it is. <laughs> right, just don't but not, red band with lunch. I think uh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but have a good weekend and uh, best wishes on the new job, and Thank we'll you. catch up soon. Well, indeed, always a pleasure, John. Yeah, take man. care. All right, enjoy your weekend too. All right, bye, bye, bye.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.